Hello, everybody, and welcome to 2022. You're here listening to the Angry Sun Zone, and we've got a very special Game of Our Year Award episode, or the GUIs. Uh, I'm Santo, and we got here Alex with us, too. Hello. And we have special guest Matt. Hello. Not that other special guest Matt. This is a new special guest Matt. Yeah, not Matt to us. Matt at you. Yeah, so check out his channel for some fun stuff. Uh, and we need to address something. You know, at the end of the year, you'll see a lot of these videos of just like who we lost in 2021. You know, we lost Betty White just like at the end of that year or at the beginning of the, this year. I can't remember. Neither can the neither can the tabloid rags, yes. uh, which still say Betty White turns one hundred. <laughs> but we lost a valued member of this podcast. Sean is on assignment for a few months <laughs> uh, on something that he can't so secret he can't even tell us about. So uh, we there brought are only whispers. Yeah, so we brought in Matt as the pitch hitter here and yeah so so you'll get to listen to my lovely voice perfect so let's get on to the awards so uh if you've been listening to the podcast so far you've probably noticed that we didn't really talk all that much about games that came out in 2021 generally we talked about games that came out in previous years so our awards because it's it's the game of our year awards. We're going to be talking about the games that we played this year, not necessarily games that came out this year, which is good because the backlog a- can be massive. Not only that, but it was a bad year. Uh, everything from high profile releases uh, being bad on launch uh, to games being delayed into 2022 instead of 2021 uh, to just straight up uh, other things that. Just- a lower volume of games as well, like trying to think of the high-profile games that came out this year. I'm, I'm having trouble getting up to like 10. So, but yeah, so the, the pandemic still raging on, still negatively affecting game development. But let's get on with the category. So the first category we here we have is a best character. So we're going to, you know, list our nominations and then somehow come to a conclusion on probably three three uh, games that neither of us have played all of them. So uh, my nominee for best character is going to be Iva from AI the Somnium Files. This is your AI eyeball companion who is hilarious. So snarky. One of the snarkiest characters I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah, I haven't played the game, but uh, Santo has shared some screenshots of some quips and moments from the Somnium Files on our Twitter. And let me tell you, it's incredible. If nothing else, if you don't play that game, at least check out our Twitter and check out some of these just hilarious, hilarious uh, quips from the game. Nice plug. Uh, And... One of my favorite things about Aiba is how she, disregard the fact that it's an AI robot, uh, it's a she. Everyone knows all AI robots are she's. 
You know, they kind of are. Platana. <laughs> the weapon. Hey, not iRobot. iRobot was a dude that helped Will Smith to also be a robot. I guess not Hal either. <laughs> yeah, that, that's like the most like the the, the 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 most known like AI thing for movies too. Wait, and wasn't Robin Williams in AI? Was he no, the robot no, no. in that or not? No, 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 no. Robin Williams wasn't an AI. He was a cyborg uh, who slowly had his organs replaced with technology over an extremely long lifespan that kept extending because of the aforementioned organ replacements. He was a RoboCop. Pretty, yeah. Pretty yeah. much, actually. Well, you know, we could just admit, admit it. Uh, the goat. It, it must be with video game. If you're designing a primary character, a primary AI character, it's going to be female. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's more of a video game thing, for sure. But my favorite thing about Iba is that the main character of the game, Date, is incredibly horny throughout the entire game, and Iba constantly. Like, keeps him in check and keeps it from not getting too crazy. Like, it's never problematic. It's just played up for goofs. I have seen... But... Uh, I have seen literal adult games uh, with a less horny main character <laughs> than that game. But, like, she's hilarious. She's constantly shutting him down. Like, snarking on him all the way. Threatening to electrocute him if, <laughs> if he continues. And... I guess that's the danger of having an AI that's inside of you. Yes. <laughs> or rather, inside a mechanical component inside of you. Yeah. But but she can still literally pop out of his eye socket if she wants to. <laughs> just, stuff. I, I, I'm just imagining the eyeball just growing a couple of times, or just sprouting a couple tiny legs out of it and just walking away if it gets fed up enough. That's pretty much what it does <laughs> at one point. <laughs> Uh, and as well, like, later on in the game, it gets, like, the game gets serious at a point, and her character throughout that is also really well written. So, yeah. Fantastic character. That's my nomination. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> my nomination for best character is Hades. Um, mm. From uh, Hades. Very, Self-titled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not the main character, but I just love I love the writing of Hades and the interactions uh between you and as uh, you the main character Zagreus and Hades. Uh because it's this very like broken father-son relationship. And the I just the writing on it's so good. Mm -hmm. And uh, the voice actor for Hades, too, like I don't know who it was, but they they killed it. That game is filled with great characters, uh, but I just yeah, like I was very tempted to put a character from Hades as my nomination. It was yeah, so tough. Uh, is it, okay, so we've got two characters that constantly shit talk the main character. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I mean, I'm I'm curious if if you can ever uh, get enough. Like, can you ever do well enough that Hades actually gives even a single compliment? He got yeah. neutral once. He got neutral once with Ooh, me. Like, he got neutral. Ooh. Yeah. I must have done well. Yeah, because, like, uh, me and Alex haven't beaten the game. We haven't escaped yet. <laughs> so, like, I'm, there has to be some big thing at the end with Hades that we haven't seen yet. But even without that, still good enough for the nomination. Yeah. Uh... 
For mine, I have to give it to Grimoire Vice from uh, Near Replicant. Nice. Um, voiced <laughs> by the fantastic Liam O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has Liam O'Brien done? I, that name sounds familiar. Uh, Akihiko from Persona 3. Okay, he's the, he's the, he's the goat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> waiting for this. <laughs> um... Yeah, he's a floating book. He is the source of your magic. Um, he's very snarky. Um, he prefers that you address him by his full name of Grimoire Vice. No, <laughs> no shortening. Um, even though the main characters start calling him just Vice or Vicey. Um, to his, to his dismay. Um, Comes around over the course of the game, loosens up a little bit, but uh, yeah, fantastic character voiced by a fantastic voice actor. <laughs> All right, so we've got an eyeball, a book, and the Lord of the Underworld. <laughs> this is this is a this is a tough list. All right, an eyeball, list. a book, and the Lord of the Underworld walk into a bar. <laughs> I, well, obviously, the Lord of the Underworld has the eye in in his socket and is holding the book. <laughs> is the book made of human skin <laughs> no it does have a face on it though nice alright so how do we pick a winner from this exalted group I'm tempted to go with Hades because I you know you know, I played that game and I agree Hades is fantastic in that game like, he, he is he's, he's works so well as an antagonist and you're not even fighting him. Yeah. He's just there. Doing yeah. paperwork. There's few yeah, there's few games that have ever given me the sense of this character is so powerful that they literally don't give a shit and will never touch you. <laughs> they don't even care. Like that is that is some powerful energy. Yeah. You know, for They your, could end you at any moment. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just tired. You know, he just wants to get on with it, and he's like, F- "Fine, fine. You want to, you want to escape? Fine. Like, I don't care. Anymore. Try, just, just whatever. <laughs> yeah, try." E- easily top two father characters that just refer to their son as boy. Yeah, the other <laughs> being Kratos, obviously. Greek mythology. It's all about the bad dads. <laughs> yep. See, it's a metaphor, right? Hey, Hades, not the worst dad in, in Greek mythology by a long <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hades, Hades, Hades is uh, a, a tough dad, uh, but he is there. Yeah. Right? He's provides, not Zeus. Provides a safe home. Uh, you know? He's not Zeus, who's literally love him and leave him. Yeah. The next category we All right, got. So just just yeah. confirm we're 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 be- best character Hades. Yep, I, I'm I'm fine with Hades as the best character. All yes. right, all right, nice. Uh, also, I just want to point this out. Uh, we're including this also on a technicality as well, anyway, uh, because Hades won a game of the year uh, from a Hugo Award for 2021. That's true. They made an exception for Hades. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They made an exception not only for the type of media but also the year. That's how good that game is. <laughs> That's a good exception. Yeah. All right. So our next category, most game. So what what game did we play this year that was by far the most game? Now, there's many different interpretations you can go with this, but I am going to go with 
Monster Rancher 1 plus 2 DX as most game. <laughs> because this game, you know, Hades, Hades has a ton of lore, a bunch of characters, a compelling story. Monster Rancher doesn't have that. Monster Rancher has numbers. Monster Rancher has tons and tons of numbers. Numbers and game mechanics. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I remember, like, years ago, uh, when you first introduced me, like, kind of to Monster Rancher, because I still haven't really played it myself. Mm-hmm. But I remember first thinking, what the hell is this game? What, what, nothing's happening. Why, why are we playing this? <laughs> the character generation was cool, but the actual, like, rest of the game, I was kind of like, okay. You just train your monsters, you watch the numbers go up, and then you fight them. Yeah, that's literally all it is. But there's so much of it. There's so many different monsters. There's so many different dumb mechanics. And I've got two arguments that I think will put this game over the top. One, this game has two games in it. Uh, that is a strong... That that's is a, a lot that, of game. That is... Yeah, that is that, a lot of that's game. That's two games for the price of one. Yeah. And the other argument as to why this is clearly the most game is that the one of the two final bosses you can do to in the tournament to become a master breeder one of them is a white Swayzo named Poritoka the other is a white mochi named most ooh so it's most game it's most game <laughs> it is most game yeah i want them to just go all in and make a monster rancher that comes with a vinyl player that you have to connect oh to the system God. you play. So you have to use vinyls to generate them. As, oh. uh, I mean, as incredible as that would be, the technical challenge of identifying a vinyl record, like, oh, oh, oh no. I mean, yeah. You have to somehow convert that to, digi- to something digital. And then you have to do like a sort of inexact musical <laughs> comparison. You have to shove it into whatever file it reads on the CD. <laughs> Figure out that format. Just like shove bytes into it until it works. Yeah. Like, you, uh, it would be awkward. <laughs> so awkward. But it, it's possible. With enough, with enough, uh, with enough and, sand, with enough sand and enough effort making it think, you can do anything. I mean, there's, there's a, uh, old band called information society and they released a song that if you played it into your modem it would print out something it would print out a message for you oh god yeah i know uh i know audio hacks i know well actually see i i remember uh watching some stuff about this how like old the old telephone systems was whacked okay it was whacked out Mm -hmm. dial tones were actually not just a thing to make sound for the user. Dial tones, like the sound it produced, the frequency was actually what did the work in the mm-hmm. electronics, which is insane to me. Um, and yeah, I know that I've, I've watched some videos about people like hacking the phone systems and it's all just like this completely insane, like, oh yeah, so you know, the, the tones do this. And so if we manipulate the audio this way, we can play an audio stream that then like gives us free phone calls and i'm like <laughs> yeah yeah what what who designed who who designed that is that freaking freaking yeah 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 phone phone freaking and then later uh. you, and then later you could like 
uh, freak internet. You could freak free internet. <laughs> uh, because, you know, the internet was also over the phone lines before uh, phone lines were completely converted over to, like, actual digital technologies. And so... Yeah, that like weird middle ground where you still had like an analog phone line which would support a digital signal over top of it uh, and you could freak it to do even more dumb things. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know where it came from, but I just have this sudden urge to listen to freaking you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, Monster Rancher 1 plus 2 DX, most Mo- game. Monster Rancher, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, for my pick for most game, I think I was I was thinking a little bit in the same lines of like of of mechanics. Like I was thinking very like what game is just has enraptured me with solid mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I literally started playing this game this week. It's Super Auto Pets. So you didn't start playing that game in 2021. Uh my god, I think you might actually be right. <laughs> Too bad, it's on the list. There we go. I started playing it in 2021, so we'll count it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Super Auto Pets is very simple, but it's just like the graphics are what I like. The graphic the graphics are the graphics are cute. The music is whatever. The sound effects are okay. I love giraffe's name because for some reason that gets said as a word and no other animal's <laughs> name gets said, which is giraffes are mute. It, it's, it's like it's, giraffes are mute. They don't make. They don't make. They can't make noise. It's like how in Pokemon. So how are you going to make a noise? It's like wow. in Pokemon where uh, Pikachu's the only one that actually says its name. Yeah. Everything else has like a cry that's just. That's some. Some of them still sound like they came out of a Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, so uh, so Giraffe is the Pikachu of Super Auto Pets. Uh, you heard it here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the game mechanics are just so solid, and they're so interesting, and they keep my attention way too well. This game has... I've, I've put too much time into this game already, even though I just started playing it, uh, because the game mechanics are are just... They, it's all about comb- combinations. It's all about combining things and making like kind of exponential growth mm-hmm. uh, happen through like interesting mechanics uh triggering other mechanics triggering other mechanics and that's just so good that's so satisfying to have that work well and that's really one of the things that I love about video games is that it's the exploration of the mechanics itself that can be so much fun uh and Although it's like kind of a mobile game, uh, it doesn't matter. Like the game doesn't try and trick you into playing it. The game makes you play it because it's just, it's so well executed mm-hmm. in terms of its mechanics that you just don't want to stop playing. You know, y- y- you have the biggest, like one more, this is the biggest one more game energy of a game I've played for a while. Totally. One more. No, one more. Yeah. No, one more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean... Inside baseball, we were streaming it the other day. At the end of the stream, Alice was like, Oh, yeah, I was supposed to pick up my girlfriend like 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I let her know. I let her know I was going to be late. Yeah. (laughs) So just know that 
this game can uh, eat your life. <laughs> the, first, the first thing that Santo told me about this game is that it's a dangerous game. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that that is what makes it the most game, is that it is dangerous to play because it is that, it is too good. It's mm. a good argument. <laughs> All right. My pick for most game, this is a video game-ass video game. All right. I like that description. I went with... Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Okay, yes. A (laughs) Dynasty Warriors type (laughs) Zelda game where you just, you plow through huge crowds of enemies just obliterating them. You got a large roster of characters you can play as, each with different unique moves. Some with multiple, depending on the weapon they have. You've got uh, side objectives you can complete by collecting resources and turning them in to get upgrades for your characters or just uh, unlock more stuff. It just um, you've got a now. Now this being a high roll war, being high roll warriors. This is a non-canon game, but it's the most canon game. What are you talking about? You know, you know what? <laughs> it can be concerned. There is time travel involved. Mm-hmm. I did. I went in. Thinking this was going to just be, oh, it's the events leading, it's the events a hundred years prior to Breath of the Wild. That's what I thought it was. I was not expecting time travel elements <laughs> showing up. The, so with time travel, it can be canned, but it can also not be. Branch timeline? Who knows? But, I mean, is the timeline already split into three in the official games? So. Just, just watch Brian David Gilbert's breakdown of the Zelda timeline, and it'll, it'll, it'll explain everything for you. I, I, I still don't understand how the Zora, a bunch of fish people, after Hyrule flooded, evolved into bird people. Uh, that was a solid question. Huh. I maybe I I have no answers for you. Maybe maybe they couldn't be in their structure like like structures underwater anymore because the pressure was too strong because I or something because there was more water. I think it might. Where'd have the water some, come from? I think the water wasn't right for. The, I think it was the wrong water. I think that's the. Can't actually, but it just that doesn't it's, make it's sense. It's like how our oceans are becoming more acidic and fucking everything up. Yeah. So are are the fish in the ocean just going to start evolving into birds? Oh no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing we're, we know, we're going to have a bunch of pterodactyls flying around. Yeah. Listen, what if they already have? Oh shit. What if I told you that the ancestor of all modern birds was a fish? Yep. It's true. Look it up. I mean, the ancestors of us are a fish. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, Hyrule Warriors. As I, I have not played the Hyrule Warriors games, but I have played a lot of the Dynasty Warriors Gundam games. Zaku Tank. At your house, Zaku Tank's the best. Yeah, I've I've also and, mostly played the Dynasty Warriors Gundam games. And yeah, like. There's characters in those games, and they say a bunch of shit in battle. It's completely fucking meaningless. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter at all. Like, it's definitely, again, like, very mechanics-focused. Like, the games are fun to play. I don't, I don't understand the story of what's happening at all. There's a bunch of people, like, doing uh, 
comms in combat, and I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't care. Stop t- stop bitching about the fact they have a girl's name, Camille. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good pick. But yeah, video game ass video game. I mean, it's it's the one that's got the most enemies on screen at any one time. Super Alpes, you got five. Monster Energy, you only got one. Dynast- in uh, Hyrule Warriors, hundreds. And you can go from hundreds to zero in just one attack. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right. So, which of these is the most game? Which of these is the most game? Uh, I kind of want to I kind of want to say the Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm not going to lie, Super Auto Pets. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun, but it is it is kind of flavor of the month. It potentially we'll see Maybe. how they support it. We'll see, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, if the game continues to get updates, uh, because it is technically in beta still, then yeah. that would be incredible. We'll yeah. see. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. They've all, they've all got one like expansion pass of pets that basically puts you in a queue. I'm pretty sure it puts you in a queue playing against other people that have that, that are using that expansion, so you're only yeah. ever playing with, against that one set of pets. Yeah, because that's, that's the one thing, is that uh, the mechanics are really, really... Uh, fun to learn and play around with, uh, but at some point it's going to get samey, especially if the meta gets stale. Because it's it's sort of a it's very much a game where like I think if you get good at it, there is a meta, and you kind of like ha- you're either intentionally playing in the meta or against the meta, and then that's kind of like it becomes all this like silly stuff. Mm-hmm. So, whereas Hyrule Warriors is just like, yeah, it's a bit like that whole series of Destiny Warriors games is just, they are video game as video games. Just sit back, turn off your brain, and just plow through crowds of enemies. Okay. I'm a little sad that Lost Rancher isn't going to get to do here, but uh, I, I, I can see the argument for I, Hyrule, I mean, Hyrule Warriors. I like Monster Rancher. The generating monsters thing's cool. I personally, I'm just not. I don't know. I haven't actually played it. Maybe that's the problem. Perhaps. <laughs> okay. So, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, yep. most game. A video game. Didn't, it, video didn't game. you get a bunch of DLC too? Uh yes. Uh, two. Is it good DLC? Uh some more characters, some side missions about it. Alright. Didn't they add a motorbike? Uh, I, I, they gave Zelda a motorbike as a weapon, but they did also add the motorbike in one of the DLCs for Breath of the Wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, is this, is this the same motorbike from Mario Kart 8? I believe... It looks like a... It's designed to look like a horse, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, yeah, looks, yeah, yeah. it looks like a horse. It's got the Triforce on it. It's the opponent for the modern age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what kind of miles to the gallon get, or kilometers to the gallon. Gets. Kilometers to the carrot. <laughs> How many calamities to the carrot? Calam- <laughs> calamities to the carrot. <laughs> Listen, if this horse isn't a walking nightmare for the opponent, why am I even riding it? Doesn't walk, it rolls. Two wheels, no legs. <laughs> Coolest art? Um, I, I have to give that to uh, Metroid Dread. 
Um, from the moment I saw Samus's new starting design in Dread, it just looks fantastic. Probably one of Samus's best looks to me, for me. And the backgrounds in that game are great. Uh, enemy designs, great. I think it just, they, they did really good on the, uh, the look of Metroid Dread. Yeah, I mean, I still remember seeing uh, Dread for the first time, uh, which actually, if you want, you can watch our real-time reaction because that was recorded on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. uh, when we watched that trailer, I was like really just digging that, uh, that look. Uh, I think it takes the best parts of the fusion suit and kind of updates it with some of the more traditional uh, Samus suit designs. Uh, it's a lot sleeker and like looks like actual armor. Instead where, of flesh. Yeah, instead of flesh. Which, like, it, it was fine for Fusion. Uh, like, it made a lot of sense in the story of Fusion, why the suit looks that way. I, I like the final suit in Fusion a lot better than the uh, base suit. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, the Fusion suit serve its purpose and i'm glad to see it move on to a sleeker design and the game the game looks cool so that's good yeah uh my my nomination for best art is hades again <laughs> uh because the game is phenomenally uh visually pleasing like everything about that game just looks good the character art uh i i want to call them sprites but they're not sprites they're just like portraits i guess would be the actual correct term uh but the character portraits are just beautiful they're beautifully made and all of the character like it gives the characters tons of personality but it also uh each character has a lot of visual interest as well in their portraits and getting away from the portraits and more into like the what the actual gameplay looks like the game seamlessly blends like two-dimensional uh digital art paint like digital painting backgrounds with 3d assets in a way where i struggle to tell the difference between what is a digital painting and what is actual rendered like actual like actually being rendered in the game and it's such a good look like i i've loved a lot of games from supergiant uh but i think hades might be like the the like not prettiest, but it, it's it's with there with Transistor. Between, I saw that look on your face, Santo. <laughs> Transistor's also really good. And similarly, uh, the portraits and the game have a, a kind of similar idea going on in Transistor. But I'm going to be honest. I think Hades edges out Transistor even. In the going art. back to like the character portraits, like I love how everything you need to know about that character you can pretty much just know it just from looking at their design. Like, you look at Dionysus, you know that even if you don't know about the mythology, it's like, oh, this guy parties. <laughs> yeah. I hard disagree, Alex. Okay. Uh, apart from the character portraits with our, like, top fucking tier, I think that, I don't think that Hades is actually that visually interesting to me. I think all of Supergiant's other games look far better. And it just comes down to the fact that I just don't give a shit about Greek mythology, man. 
I like. <laughs> I really would have just rather have seen them to do something different. Their other games, they brought a unique aesthetic to them, a unique world. Like I've seen, everybody's done Greek mythology. Big studios, small studios, Magic the Gathering. Everybody's done it. So like, just to me, like it's, it looks good, but it. It's not something that I'm going to go out and say it's one of the, my favorite looking games or anything like that. That's fair, yeah. And I mean, you're but right. That, like, that, that's, that's very much a personal preference, though. No, I, I mean, I will admit, the portraits are incredible, and the rest of the game is good, but it's not new by any means. Like, there's lots of people have done... There's been a lot of examples of well-done Greek mythology uh, aesthetic in games. Actually, my girlfriend was playing... Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually, I actually, this is an interesting contrast because I really like what Assassin's Creed Odyssey did with the Assassin's Creed Odyssey. My God, I'm saying that too much. I really like what Assassin's Creed, o- I really like what Assassin's Creed, <laughs> I really like what Odyssey did with their Mario game. or Assassin's Creed? <laughs> Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> um, anyway the Greek architecture in Assassin's Creed Odyssey is actually interesting because they went back and uh, like they clearly went to the academic literature on how Greek buildings were painted because I'm not sure if all our all our listeners know this, but uh, Greek statues and Greek buildings were not just these empty white marble things. Uh, that's only what we see today because all the paint got worn off over the millennia. And in reality, from chemical analyses, we know that their statues uh, were fully painted. Their buildings were painted uh, with lots of decorative elements. And... They've actually gone and used a very tasteful interpretation of, you know, the best sort of guesses from the chemical analysis and historians and and, and whatnot to inform a a more colorful Greek architecture in Odyssey, which they notably did not do in the section of, uh, in in the Elysian section, where the buildings are very like, the architecture is like just white. And that's cool, but especially given what we now know, that they weren't just pure white, might have been interesting to see something a bit different, but... Yeah, the Assassin's Creed games, one of the things that they that team does pride themselves on is trying to be as, like, historically put you in that uh, time frame as possible. Whereas something like Hades, where they're taking a very, you know... They're taking an approach that's looking at it from common knowledge in a lot of ways uh with interacting with all the different gods and stuff like that it makes a lot more sense to have the you know fictionalized version of greek mythology stand out more than the like real gritty ass architecture yeah yeah so but yeah that's that's cool that they did that yeah bit of an aside Mm. not the first aside we've done so far and probably won't be the last Okay, so uh, my nomination for coolest art is Wargroove. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Wargroove 
it's it just looks it's bright and I love it. All the it's got just colors and stuff, and I know that they're just ripping off Advance Wars, but I don't care because they're never making a new Advance Wars. Despite they're they're re-releasing those other those old Advance Wars games and giving them way worse art, in my opinion. They're not new though. Yeah, they're old. They're not slapping eighty dollar price tag on them. Worth it. I, I don't even play those games, but Nintendo tax is gonna yeah. be Nintendo tax. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Wargroove is just bright and colorful. I love uh, the text effects that they do in the story, where the tech like text gets larger, like waves around and stuff like that. That's one of yeah. my favorite game things to see in any game is when they pay a lot of attention to text roles, especially. Uh, in games that don't have any voice acting, uh, and all the all the portraits are just like they got so much character to them for just being you know sprite art. Uh, there's all the different units uh, are have different looks uh, between the different factions, and they yeah everything just looks like bright and cheery for this fucking war game, and yeah. It's some cool art, and the and the intro cinematic for Wargroove is oh. freaking incredible. Oh, the intro cinematic's so good. I, mean, I, I, I think, wish that they had more cinematics like that throughout the story. Yeah, well, making a cinematic that like that costs money. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't play the game, just watch the intro cinematic on YouTube. It's very cool, mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, I don't think you mentioned this. The combat animations are also like very smooth uh and just watching that really smooth hand-drawn pixel art Mm -hmm. it just it makes me feel warm inside yeah and and also in those animations the characters like the character the units are like they're moving around a lot for their idle animations and stuff it's a lot of animation yeah oh and uh another thing is that uh, especially for the again the combat animations uh, I can't remember if... I think all units have at least two combat animations and the hero units have, like, three or something. There's... Hmm. Because there are multiple combat animations yeah. that it picks from mm-hmm. uh, when it goes into the combat sequence. So the game didn't have to do that. Advance Wars didn't do that. <laughs> but they did it because part of what they were trying to do is just make like the game really nice to look at. Yeah. So that's my pick for the coolest art. Now picking a winner here, I think it's going to be difficult because I don't like Alex's pick. (laughs) I like his pick. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, like I'm going to be a prick here, but I don't, I didn't like Metroid Dread's look when I first saw it. I like specifically the backgrounds. They they just look weird to me for some reason. Because in a lot of side-scrolling games, you can tell like there's different background artists and foreground artists, and having everything just be 3D models in a 2D space just it's uncanny valley for me for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of agree with you on that. It's like I I realize that. That's kind of what Nintendo made as as a decision because they're marketing they're they're making it and marketing it as a big budget full price game and I think 
maybe a lot of people these days feel that if it was all sprite art, that that wouldn't be, you know, quote unquote, worth it. Even though sprite art takes just as much time, if not it, more. It can than, completely be worth it if it's still sprite art. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... It, it depends on the game. I think, I think good quality sprite art is still worth it. But from a mass marketing standpoint, the executives are going to executive. So, um, but, but I do agree that it, it's weird to see a broken up 3D rendered environment like that. Yeah. It's it's str- it's a bit strange. The one thing I'll say though is that I haven't really seen all that much of the game and I haven't actually seen it being played on like a TV for for example, so like if if like the atmosphere of the Metro games which I know was like one of the main points of them, if like the art like does contribute to that in a super like uh important way, then I could look past my uncanny valleyness with Metroid Dread. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm kind of thinking like I'm leaning towards throwing my my hat onto uh, Wargroove though, because I was actually thinking of maybe throwing Wargroove into this category, but I just liked Hades too much. Mm. But yeah, I I I think Wargroove is actually exceptional given what it is like the you can really like tell the love and care that went into that game's art uh in an exceptional way not that hades wasn't also i mean every part of super ties games is like you can tell the craft that went into them (laughs) so it's all a labor labor of love Mm -hmm. so Matt, you okay with Wargroove, or do you have anything else to say about Dread? No, I'm fine with that. All right. Wargroove is the coolest art that we played. Yeah, and in, actually... That we no, saw in 2020. Not best art, coolest art. Yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on, our next category is best music. And I'm going to I'm gonna throw best music onto, and I'm 100% going to be honest here. This is a nostalgia pick. But best music for me goes to Sonic Mania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have an unreleased video of uh, <laughs> Sonic Mania that might get published at some point. I don't know anymore. But one thing I will say is that I fucking love the music in Sonic Mania. First of all, they have some incredible, incredible remixes of older zones from games that I loved that I played when I was 12. So obviously it's the best music ever. Uh, But they also have new zones and the new zones also have some really just tracks that slap. Uh, Even like Studioopolis. Yeah, Studioopolis zone is so good. It sounds incredible. I know you didn't really like the game, but even you have to admit that that is a banger. I will admit that is a banger. Certified. What game was Studio Optimus Zone originally from? I think that's new for Sonic Mania. It's new for Sonic Mania. Um, And then they've got tracks from like, you know, Hydrocity Zone, uh, which I love. Hydrocity. Hydrocity. Fuck. Whatever. (laughs) Hydrocity. That's kind of of the point of the name. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. It's it's like. Flying Bad. I'm just going to say Flying Battery Zone. Flying Battery Zone's in there. Yeah, that's another good one. Um, Yeah, there's. I, they have uh, they have did they have Green Hill or did they have the other one I think they have Green, they had Green Hill, Hill. Yeah. yeah 
This was a fan game originally. What the world are they gonna do? Not start off at Green Hills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at this point, if you're if you're trying to mine Sonic for nostalgia, of course you're gonna have Green Hill. Uh, anyway, I love the music in the game, and also the other thing I want to point out is that the music actually changes as you progress through the zone. And mm-hmm. so Act One sounds one way, and then in Act Two. Uh, they'll change it up and usually amp it up with a bit more instrumentation and changes, uh, sometimes dropping some of the more relaxed bits of uh, Act 1. And that's I like those little touches. Uh, and it's funny because as a game, that means that you know any specific track, you'll literally only hear it for a single level. Not even a full act, only a level. Mm-hmm. Which is actually a lot of work uh, to put into the soundtrack. So, especially when they've done like a fairly high production quality uh, of both the remixes and new songs for that game. So I I really loved the music in that game. And yes, it is because I love Sonic. I played it when I was young, actually younger than 12 as well. But I I legitimately think that 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 game is full of incredible music. Uh, mm. remixes for people who appreciated those games back then as well as like new songs for the uh, the new stages that were added and doing. As a little aside, did you know that Michael Jackson actually worked on the music for three? Yes, I did know that. <laughs> I, I yeah. Yeah, I think that actually came up in our in our I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one that actually likes Sonic and I didn't know it. <laughs> Never exactly credited for it, but a number of a number of people that Michael Jackson regularly worked with were credited mm-hmm. i'm very glad you said worked with <laughs> oh boy <laughs> sonic man okay, yeah uh, as much as i absolutely despise the sonic games yes that is a good pick the music's great I, I need to finish mania it's good shit if you like sonic <laughs> all right my pick for best music is the Caligula Effect Overdose. <laughs> now, this this game is so budget in so many ways. But the one thing that they did that was not budget was the music. The music in this game is incredible. And I will say it is one of my favorite soundtracks of any game. Like, I'm going hard on this one. Uh, for me, this game soundtrack, it broke down a barrier that I had because I just have an aversion to foreign language music. Uh, so, you know, I'll just let my uh, white dude uh, <laughs> shine here, ignorant white man. But like, if I can't sing along with something, like it's it's more difficult for me to enjoy. I have enjoyed foreign language songs in the past, but it's very few and far between. That's about all I know. I believe that's a song about Christianity or something. Like uh, a no. song about God. No? I don't think so. I, I think it's like all around the world, we're together or something. Oh, okay. Like they made it just for that game. And it won a Grammy, I believe. What, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... And I think one of the reasons why I haven't liked foreign language music in the past is that I just had no connection to it. Like, if I can't connect to the actual, you know, said language, then I don't have any connection to it. But for me, having a connection to 
uh, these songs through this game, I think is what makes me like topple that barrier for me to actually like it a hell hell of a lot. Okay, you know, you you were right actually. I for some reason I thought they made it for that game, but no, it's basically the Lord's. It's basically the Lord's Prayer in Swahili. Yeah. There we go. It's still a great, great oh, yeah. song. It's fantastic, but but that's not the game we're talking about today. Uh, so the Caligula Effect Overdose. The music in it is tied in in a really important way because of how that game's story is, where your main antagonist, one of the main antagonists, is a Vocaloid. So, each uh, boss character that you come across has their own theme. And the theme plays as an instrumental version when you're in their area. When you get to regular battles, it adds in lyrics. And when you get to the boss, it does a remix. And I love the sound of that. Yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love it. Like it, that, that progression is so cool. It, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, a particular boss towards the end of Persona Five. Yeah, when the first phase of the fight, you just get the instrumental version, mm-hmm. and then the next phase, the lyrics kicking, yeah. and oh man, I rivers yeah. in the desert goes hard. Oh yes, when the lyrics hit is one of the greatest moments in video games. Uh, and these remixes are done in like really different styles sometimes to the song that's preceding them. You might get like this power power J pop song that goes into like some like awesome like jazz shit for the boss fight, <laughs> or this butt rock song that turns into an EDM remix. <laughs> like they they did so much variation in the soundtrack, but still kept it in like. It all still worked for the game as they presented it. And one of the best songs in the game also is very late in the game where you end up fighting two of the bosses at the same time. So they do a mashup. Nice. So, yeah, they were extremely inventive with the soundtrack. It, I have a playlist that I listen to most of the time when I'm driving <laughs> of just the, uh, all the like lyrical pieces from the game. And... Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I can't say enough good things about it. I'm not sure if I should give this soundtrack a listen. I feel like the, it would be best first experienced actually playing the game. So, perhaps, but like you listen to you listen to you know a lot of anime themes and like oh yeah J-pop and stuff like that. So like I you might just be able to appreciate it as just good ass music. Yeah, because the 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 singer that they got for these songs her voice is incredible i think it's really really good uh so yeah that game has a lot of problems but the music is not one of them (laughs) (laughs) all right um my nomination for best music uh goes to near replicant Mm -hmm. um i love the music in the near games um they, they do something that i it's something weird that i really like because these games are localized in so many different regions, it, it's kind of the problem uh, you have with uh, not having a connection to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Where all the lyrics in the, with the exception of the end credit songs in these games, all the lyrics in them are completely fictional. Nice. Yeah. They, I had te- a feeling that was the case when I played Automata. They're technically sung in the language of the world, uh, in the, of the game. Right. 
So it's just completely made up language for the music. And I, I, I don't know why. I just, I really like that. Yeah, that's a fantastic choice. And it really, like, does a lot to make that game feel otherworldly. Yeah. Um, um, is the music in Replicant uh, pretty similar to the Automata? Because uh, that's my only frame of reference. Um, yeah, there, there's a, I mean... Not um, as a knock. The music in Automata was really, really good. <laughs> Automata has a... It, it does have some returning tracks remixed a little bit. Mm. I, I think... Uh, I want to say Automata has a little more... Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty similar. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they're just uh, both absolutely fantastic soundtracks. But we're talking about Replicant here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, made by the composer Keichi, Keichi Okabe. Mm-hmm. Um, I could list the uh, multitude, multitude of people who worked on the Caligula Effect Overdose soundtrack because all of those... All of those songs technically have four credits on them, <laughs> because it's the it's the actual singer, the music producer, who like composed the track, the in the in fiction in game music producer, who's the bosses are music producers in that game, and the in fiction vocaloid singer. <laughs> so trying to find the tra- some of the tracks for this game on Spotify was hell. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and the uh, the the vocalist they have uh, for the uh, for the soundtrack is also she's she's great too. Mm-hmm. She does a great job singing that made up language. Yeah, that's <laughs> gonna be difficult. <laughs> but the the nice thing about that is it just even if you don't have much of a connection to foreign music, just having it completely made up, just every it, it's the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing about that is that it allows the music producers to really make something that works for everyone. Like, I can't imagine making a song that you're trying to have lyrics in different languages to that sounds like a nightmare. Uh, Or otherwise, you're just picking one language for the music and, like, every region gets the Japanese lyrics to the songs. Yeah. Like, I can't recall right now if the... If Near Replicant's... And credits had like actual lyrics, but I do recall near Automata. Um, on your first completion, mm-hmm. you get the English credits. Mm-hmm. That you get the English version of the song. On the second completion, you get the Japanese version. Mm-hmm. And on reaching the uh, final ending, you get a mashup that's a combination of the. It starts out as the. Uh, 8-bit version mm-hmm. and then you get a mix of the English, Japanese, and some French in there. Yep. <laughs> but what about the German? Uh, have you tried... Have you seen German words? <laughs> mein Gamensprachen. Gamensprachen Musiken. Near is a good pick. I like that. Now... Choosing what wins in best music is this is every time I've so I've listened to a couple places like try to hash out like game of the year stuff and best music is always the one that's like they can't come to a conclusion on because music is so subjective. I feel like this one's especially bad because I haven't really listened. I don't. I haven't played any of the near games, Mm -hmm. so I have no idea what's going on with those other than maybe J pop. 
and then it's it's more it's well it's not J because it's you know a crazy made up language but it's like orchestral, orchestral like yeah. uh like Gregorian monks or something yeah I mean I I've there's definitely some stuff in that vein that I really like I think there's something from like Made into the Abyss 2 which might be a game I'm not sure but there's some tracks off that I absolutely love that I have on some Spotify playlists so it might be similar to that but yeah and then I haven't listened to the Caligula over the Caligula effect overdose either <laughs> So I'm like, I'm just in the dark. Yeah. And as much as I love Sonic Mania, I'm, I was fully up front. Part of that's a big nostalgia here. Mm-hmm. As someone who doesn't have that Sonic nostalgia, uh, even I can agree that that music's really good. Yeah. As somebody who actively dislikes Sonic, I can admit that music's pretty good. <laughs> so maybe we just have to give it to Sonic. I... I I think that's uh, probably it. Okay. Sonic Mania. Sonic Best Mania. Music. So this is, this is the Are any of our winning games going to have actually released in 2021? I guess most game w- went to... Super Rock. No. Rock. Like, no, it didn't go to Super Rock. It went to Hyrule Warriors. Went to Hyrule War- Did Hyrule Warriors release this year? Uh, no. Okay, so Sonic Mania gets Best Music, and uh, no 2021 game's going to win. It's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. The next award is the Lo-Fi Award for Chill Games to Relax To. And my pick for this one is going to be Donut County. Ooh. What? Do me a favor. Uh, What is Donut County? You haven't heard of Donut County? No, I have not. Oh, my God. Okay. So Donut County is on Game Pass. It took me an hour and a half to play through, and it is a delight. It is a game where you are a raccoon... You're moving around this hole in the ground and eating up the town. You're, you, the ra- this raccoon works at a donut shop, and people order donuts from him. And he takes his hole, and he moves it around, and starts sucking up all these different things into the abyss. And the hole gets bigger. It's reverse Katamari. <laughs> Why can't I just see this is what's going on underground in Goose Game? <laughs> It honestly has a pretty similar aesthetic to this yeah, game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got that like low-poly aesthetic. Uh, but it's just a freaking... It's a good time. There's a lot of fun writing to it. All the stuff that you uh, suck into the hole gets added to the Trashopedia. And all that has this little 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 blurbs about each of the little items that you suck up written from the perspective of a raccoon. So it's like... The, so it's like a trash can is like the hallowed ground <laughs> or whatever <laughs> and like uh, and you're just like you're just fucking up this town like a bad little raccoon trying to level up because you want to get a quadcopter and you need to get to level 10 in your in your whole app to get the quadcopter and it escalates and you end up having to uh, have an encounter with the boss raccoon, and it's just it's just a delight, and I can recommend it to pretty much anybody because it's like it's not a challenging game. It's only an hour and a half, but it's just fun. I'll have to check that out before my uh, game pass expires because mm-hmm. 
I love trash pandas. I wish they weren't illegal to own here. <laughs> I've got a long and storied history with raccoons. My uh, project group at BCIT, we would often go what one of our uh, the people called it raccoon mode, which was fucking pull all nighters because goddamn it, this program is killing us. <laughs> School program is killing, and yeah. so. Eventually, when it came time to do our uh, project terms, uh, me and three other guys were like, okay, we need to come up with a name for our group. And I was like, we're the Rack Pack, because we go raccoon mode. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good group name. Yeah. And uh, one of the, a couple of those people actually went off to start doing some independent game development afterwards, and they called their studios uh, Raku Pack. Studios and they put out a couple uh, couple mobile games. So shout outs to the good troopers from BCIT doing the work. Uh, my uh, lo-fi chill game of the year goes to uh, Biped, which Santos played. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've no, I have not. That, but- Basically, I, th- I think I know what game it is, though. Yeah, basically, it's a so it's a co-op game, and it's just like you're bright and cheery robots, and your legs move independently. <laughs> Each leg's controlled by one control stick, and uh, the mechanics are smooth but awkward. Yes, <laughs> and basically. Yeah, you have to complete, like, little puzzles. Uh, it's not exactly a platformer, uh, but you are moving around platforms. You don't jump, though. That's that's a thing. I, I typically associate platformers with jumping. This game has no jumping. <laughs> Unless you get flung by, like, objects or something. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a pretty chill game. It's not too hard. It, unless you get into like the advanced challenges, which some of which actually do get pretty frustratingly difficult, uh, especially because it's all about coordination between you and your partner, as well as coordination of your right thumbstick with your left thumbstick. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a good like it's a good sort of like relaxing fun time that's also a little bit infuriating. Yeah, the, that first section where we had the um, panels where every time somebody stepped on them, they changed colors and flipped. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so hard. Yeah, like, it's it's chill once you get past the learning curve. Yeah. And there's also a nice level. And there's a nice level. Oh, the skating's so fun. Mm-hmm. The skating's like... A highlight of that of that game totally because it's it's just so fun to skate around i wish you could skate more I, that's the thing i really like that game but it, it is a bit short like it it feels like they could just add more levels to that game and like it would I mean, be it would be good it would be worth it it'd be worth purchasing more levels for that game i mean i would say like i don't think it's too short because we played through the entire main part, and there were still, like, side yeah. missions to do, were... and I don't think it overstayed its welcome or anything like that. Either. That's a good point, yeah. It didn't overstay its welcome, and it could get tiring if there was too much more. That's a good point. Especially the fact that we played it, like, in one sitting. <laughs> yeah, we played the whole thing in one sitting, it's true. 
Anyway. Uh, my nomination, um, I actually had a little bit of trouble coming up with one for this. Uh, I, That's a I, serious gamer. <laughs> I looked at my list of games I had completed uh, in 2021, and this one wasn't on it because I didn't really complete it. Um, Forza Horizon 5. All right. Um, okay. It, it's just uh, it's just a nice... It, I mean, it's a racing game, I, and I find racing games... I, I don't play them too often, but they're nice to just sit back... Uh, turn just turn off the music in the game. Just put on your own music and just chill. Drive around. Uh, just do some races. Race some friends. Um, it just uh, just I, I just find racing games to be nice and chill. Unless unless <laughs> it's that roadster race in Project Gotham Racing Four. Yes. <laughs> Uh, unless it's Mario Kart, you're in first place, okay. yeah. and a blue shell's coming up behind you. Kart yeah. races are a different situation. Yeah, but, um, yeah no, uh, racing games are just uh, nice and I, f- I find them to be nice and chill. Unless you get like a really tough race, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, from my time, also playing Project Gotham Racing Four, like yeah, just playing those games single player is for something that's so like you know racing like car racing like actually like a very you know intense heart racing thing they are surprisingly relaxing games yeah i mean i'd I'd say the same i mostly have enjoyed burnout or the need for speed series Uh, but yeah if you're playing single player they can be kind of just like a relaxing time um i kind of bounced off forza 5 a little bit Uh, i started playing it but I just the, the something about the control scheme. I just don't quite enjoy the driving in the game. It, it it's a little more. Uh, it, it's definitely different because uh, I had spent some time with the crew too prior to it. It took a little bit of getting used to, but uh, uh, after sticking with one car, um, I, I I just got the feel for that car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I will say, though, is that my time with Forza 5, uh, it was enjoyable, and part of the enjoyment I got was literally just not even being in the races, but just getting a car I enjoyed driving and just exploring the map, driving around, looking at the sights. Uh, Slapping some anime girls on Oh, yeah, the vinyl oh, editor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, the vinyl editor is pretty fun. I actually got really lucky on one of the uh, wheel spins, and I won the uh, uh, the skyline, um, which is the which is a uh, Paul Walker's car in Fast and Furious. Nice. Um, so of course I went into the I went and found a vinyl to apply that was just his car from the movie, and yeah. that's basically been the car I've stuck with since. <laughs> I I made our lo- I made our podcast logo. Uh, in the vinyl editor and that was that was kind of fun I didn't expect to be able to do that at first oh that's uh, there's a long history of crazy crazy vinyls on that in that game you can put some lo-fi anime babes on your car so I think I think that's a strong contender as a big as probably the biggest anime guy here that's a plus for me oh yeah Just, just let me slap VTubers on my car. I, I, I bet, I bet that one lo-fi girl, like, you know the one. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm sure that there's a, a livery of her in Forza 5. There has to be. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that I think that makes Forza 5 the lo-fi I, I think game it does. to chill out and relax to. I think it does. Because you could probably put, literally slap the lo-fi girl on your car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess going off of that, uh, next is best multiplayer. And I also give that to Forza Horizon 5. Mm-hmm. I had some... I didn't have much options for multiplayer. Um, I'm I mostly just play Apex, and that did not come out this year. I did not start playing that this year or last year. Um, this the, year, last year, it's all <laughs> the same. It's it, been the same year for three years now. It okay? all blurs together. The the last three years has just been that scene from the end of Pirates of the Caribbean three, where he's just walking down the stairs. And everything's just getting shredded behind him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there wasn't... The only other thing I could really... For me, that I could think of for best multiplayer would be Halo Infinite. And I like the way Infinite feels. Halo but, Infinite would not win in this crowd. <laughs> but I... <laughs> but with the disgusting monetization in the shop... And just, I don't know, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the same staying power for me as previous Halo games. I just, I hop on here and there, play a little bit, I'm good. I'm not, like, just exclusively playing it like I was Halo 3 and Reach back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, Listen, if I could actually reliably get into a big team battle, maybe, maybe it would be higher. Oh yeah, that, (laughs) if it didn't randomly crash... Maybe it would be higher. Big Team Battle has been fucked for weeks, and they know, but they're on holidays. Yeah. And despite that, there's still Big Team Battle challenges in rotation for the uh, weekly challenges. (laughs) See, this... When I was working at EA, we had a specific team that was called the Go Live team, which was a team that uh, we had 24-hour coverage on where people would have the worst hours, but it enabled us um, to make sure that we could respond whenever there was anything that happened to the game after launch. So people found bugs and submitted them at 2 a.m. because they're in a different time zone. There'd be somebody there who could try and replicate it and send that to the developers. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair... Uh, EA doesn't give a fuck about people's about people's schedules. No, no. But to be fair to the uh, the developers of Halo Infinite, uh, Big Team Battle actually worked fine at launch, and then worked fine worked like fine for weeks. And Something just broke, happened. It just broke, which is like pretty unusual, especially considering at launch the game had more people playing it. I'm not giving any fairness to the developers of that game because of how fucked the Master Chief Collection's matchmaking was for how long it was. They, they didn't really properly fix that until it came to PC. Yeah, like that I, was fucked for so long that they should, at this point, they should be masters at checking every single little piece of why matchmaking wouldn't go right and being able to make sure it would go right. Yeah, it's a good point. With such a high-profile failure. 
for yeah. so long. It is kind but of weird that, that it's happened. We're getting a little bit uh, anyway off track here. We but are. Forza Five, Forza Horizon Five. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's just I I I just uh, I've been playing a a little bit here and there, just racing with some friends, just having some fun with it. But uh, yeah. Uh, there's not. There wasn't really much other competition for me for uh, that this right. category. Gotcha. Uh, best multiplayer. This is a bit of a late contender, but I'm gonna throw in Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, this is a game where you are a space dwarf, and you get your space dwarf bros. You 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 drink some beers. You throw some snowballs at each other, and you go out. You mine some stuff. You maybe dig a bit deep, and hopefully you come home with the goal. I just want to preface we started playing this game a couple hours before midnight on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so very, very early. It just (laughs) squeaks in. It just squeaks in for 2021. Uh, But I I have enjoyed it. We've played uh, a few sessions, and it's, it's been fun. And also, more importantly, a bunch of the other multiplayer games this year were bad, like Halo Infinite. Well, luckily, mine was a game that came out last year and is good. And that's uh, Jackbox Party Back 8. Yeah. Specifically Drawful Animate. Yes. Those are fucking geniuses. They added a second drawing. And that adds so much to how how Drawful plays. But they took away the erase. There never was an erase in Drawful. You don't need an erase. There's an erase in like every other drawing game they jump, but not Drawful because... Commit to your mistakes. Yes, it's supposed to be awful. You're on a fucking phone with your finger. (laughs) Yeah, it's in the name. It's Drawful. Yeah, and like beyond that, I think the other games in the pack are quite solid as well. Except for the wheel one. Except for the wheel of enormous the proportions. The wheel of enormous proportions. Let's, is, let's uh, ignore that. It, it's so arbitrary. It's an enormous <laughs> disappointment. disappointment. Yeah. It's the wheel of enormous disappointment. Mm-hmm. But you you got, you know, trying to figure out murders and shit. You've got... Yeah, the murder mystery one's super fun. You've got a uh, pole mine, which is just like figuring out like how the people around you think, which... I know sounds extremely sociopathic, but I have a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> I think the fun, the fun thing to me about Pole Mine is that they've made other games that are kind of similar to Pole Mine in the past, but they always felt like something was kind of missing. And I think Pole Mine finally packaged that format in a way that's really fun mm-hmm. because it gets you, it really gets you just second guessing yourself over minor details. Yeah. Like something that's so like, clearly the right choice to you might not be the right choice to everybody else. Like, I remember there was I one... don't know why you thought North America would win in a fight. I... <laughs> yeah, I, against other continents yeah. based on shape alone. If, if, if continental shape determines, like, how dangerous it is in a fight, you know, you have to rank them by how dangerous they are. And I still I, don't I, get I, I stand by North America. Mexico is very stabby. You know, Florida's a bit stabby, too. Uh, this little off to the sides, like a diseased finger or something. Europe is unpredictable. Look at it's shape. disease. Yeah. Okay, it's diseased. It does poison damage. Come on. <laughs> Why was the moon there? Why was that one of the? Cho- 
<laughs> why was and why didn't everybody pick it as number one? Yeah, well, see, and that's the thing. Moon is either number one or at the bottom. Yeah. I, I put it at the bottom. I put it at number one. <laughs> I, I put it at the bottom because I personally just disqualified it as a continent. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, it it depends on on your disqualification rule. That's really that's how you determine whether Moon is obviously the best because it's a three dimensional shape versus two dimensional shapes. I, I put Europe at the top because it looks like a, like a biblically accurate angel. So anyway, we're rehashing we're rehashing this poll mine argument <laughs> again <laughs> just because that game is so fun. Yeah. And there's also Job Job. Job Job's, Job's great. Job Job's Job good. So yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic pack I, of games. I, I would like my job to be to, to, I would like my job to be to talk about Job Job. Yeah. And well, if, not, if enough people like and subscribe and get that sick mo- YouTube money? <laughs> I, apparently, apparently Twitch streamers are moving to YouTube? Yeah, now. YouTube's making a push. No, Facebook's, Facebook's also making a push. We gotta stream on every platform. At the same time. Bring Mixer back. Mixer was the best. It had the lowest latency. It was the best platform for streaming. Fuck you, Microsoft. <laughs> but... Yeah, like, Jackbox Party Pack A is a fantastic arrangement of games that you can play with a lot of different people. Yeah, Jackbox games in general are some of the best party games around, and Jackbox 8 is, I think, one of the best packs they've ever made. Mm-hmm. I'll say it right now, it's got my vote. It, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I still my vote too, I nominated. <laughs> so... Jackbox Party Pack 8 is the best multiplayer of the year. I would like to point out that there, there's one other honor, honorable mention that I wanted to say, which was uh, Killing Floor 2. We did start playing that this year. Did that's, we? Yes. Yep. I looked it up. We did. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, yeah. It was very early this year, but yeah. So I mean, that was quite I, good, too. I played a whole lot of Killing Floor 1, and so in my mind, I'm like, I've been playing this game forever. <laughs> May, uh, maybe... They'll revisit the wheel. Maybe wheel of enormous proportions will be better. Uh, perhaps. All right. Next, I think we've got the most contentious category that we're going to discuss here. Best dog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of video games have dogs. Sometimes you can pet them. And it's time for this category. Yeah, I've got... Yeah, like I've got two options here that I'm still struggling to pick between. I yeah, I put down a few options because I mean there were there was more dogs than I expected in this year's games. I none of the games I really played this year had dogs in them, at least that I could remember. I had to think outside the box a little for this one. Okay, I went with the Chain Chomp from Link's Awakening. Oh, oh dude. That is a dog. It barks. It barks. It barks. It's a dog. You can't pet it, but you can take it for I, a walk. You can try and pet it. Yeah. <laughs> you can take it for oh, a walk. Man. Though. I fucking. As an aside, I fucking love Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening so dope. I haven't played that new one because it was too expensive. No, that's the one <laughs> I played. I just borrowed my brother's copy. There you go. Same with when I played Skyward Sword this year. <laughs> it if it hadn't been for that, I had already. St- Started Skyward Sword back on the Wii, but never finished it. I I, I was thinking of going on a technicality and uh, Skyward Sword HD being a different game. (laughs) 
I was thinking of putting Groose as my best character. Oh. Uh, ooh. But that that's a technicality, yeah. so I didn't go with <laughs> But yeah, the chain chomp from uh, Link's Awakening. Oh, that's a good boy. Oh, man. I just want fucking... I want a shirt that's got a chain chomp that's just like, the Groose is loose. <laughs> name your chain chomp Groose. Groose is a good pet name. It, it, like, it really is. I mean, like, Groose is a good character name in general, but it does sound a bit too wild for a, a, a person to have that yeah. name. Yeah. Groose, like, that name says a lot about that character. All right. I, I, got, I got to pick here. I got to go with Caesar from Wargroove. I... Caesar from Wargroove is also at the top of my list. Ah, uh, okay. All right. Enlighten me. So Caesar is a very good boy. He is a dog. He wears a helmet. And he is one of the commanders of your army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all those jokes about like, man, this management sucks. Like a dog could do this better. The dog does do it better in that game. <laughs> and Caesar is a fantastic commander because he's got one of the best uh, commander abilities in the game where he can give uh, the units on the four tiles surrounding him an extra action mm. after they've already moved. I, I don't even play uh, turn-based uh, strategy games, but that sounds real good. Yeah, I had a game where I fucked up Alex it with that. It is real good. <laughs> I mean, anytime you have abilities like that, it can be really strong. And the thing is that Wargroove doesn't really have nearly as much multi-turn bullshit as some of the old Advance Wars games did. Mm -hmm. So it's potentially very devastating, especially because if you lose your commander, you lose the game. And Caesar can punch through what you thought was an impenetrable defense of your commander. Yeah, because like Wargrove and Advance Wars can get into a kind of stalemates where people are just like staring at each other. They know the movement ranges of all the units. And neither of them is confident that they can move forward and try and break through without also just getting destroyed. So being able to do that double movement can get you in, in behind their indirect units, can take out like tanky units and get to the more squishy class cannon ones, or just attack their commander multiple times, or their HQ multiple times. <laughs> so it's one of the most broken abilities in... Advanced Wars, and it was great to see it here. Uh, Alex that, is showing uh, Matt Caesar. That is a good boy. Yeah, and another thing though is that uh, there's a bunch of side missions in the campaign for Wargroove where you're dealing with a bunch of bandits, and your commander is always Caesar. So Caesar just walks up to the bandits, starts barking at them and stuff, and the bandits like get increasingly frustrated that they just keep getting stalked by this dog. <laughs> And like a couple of the band, one of the bands is like, "Oh, he's a good boy. Look at look at his his coat is so magnificent." <laughs> so it's like really big enough the dog. And then eventually they're just like, they reform at the end because Caesar is such a good commander. Caesar's such a good boy that the bandits give up their bandity ways. Yeah, Caesar is my pick. Uh, Alex, do you have? Any other dogs you want to shout out? Uh, I do want to shout out a couple other dogs. Um, I, I, I want to shout out Cerberus from Hades. Well, C Cerberus mm. is most dog. 
Cerberus is most dogs. He's three dogs in one. Three dogs in one. He's also big and red. And you so, can pet him. Yes. That, that is yeah. specifically one head. The other two don't like it. Yeah, that, yeah you can only pet a single head on, mm-hmm. on Cerberus. That's right. Uh, yeah. Hades is filled with so many like cool touches, and Cerberus is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, another dog I was I was tempted to go for uh, uh, was Dog from Super Auto Pets, mm-hmm. uh, just because and and, and Puppy I mean, Puppy as well yeah. Puppy very good yeah whole whole life stage thing going on here but uh, they're they're interesting they can be very strong uh, mm. depending on how you use them and but so is Caesar like Caesar's just so good <laughs> that's the thing I was I was kind of thinking about this right and it's like okay you want like there's there's best dog from like you know characterization personality and then there's best dog from like actually good uh, player or character or like strong ability or whatever and Caesar is both mm-hmm. so yeah uh, there was also dog uh, there was also a dog I can't remember the name of from a game we didn't mention yet uh, which is in my notes that's yeah Gunfire Reborn has a dog with a rocket launcher. That's it good dog. That's and like yeah, like dog with a rocket launcher. That's a that's a that's a beefy dog. I need to play more Gunfire. I haven't played it since like early access release, pretty much. Yeah, I mean we were playing a bit earlier in the year. Yeah, and, and I, I got to a point where I'm like, I'm gonna wait for one point Yeah, and then I think it has hit one point and I haven't gotten back to it. I, no, I still think it's in early access. Okay, I think it hit one point I think it hit one point like. A month or two ago. Um, yeah. Did you have any other honorable honorable dogs? The other one was uh, Cerberus. So. The other one was Cerberus. Yeah, yeah I know. Cerber- I was t- I was debating between Cerberus and Caesar as my mm-hmm. top pick as well. Same. Because so. oh, they're both such great dogs. Mm-hmm. And I do like the Chain Chomp from Lick's Awakening. The, you, you can give it a bow. That's a good one. Very good. That is a really good one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Gunfire Reborn is in 1.0 as of November 17th. There we go. Yeah. Cool multiplayer roguelike shooter. Looter shooter. Mm-hmm. Not good enough to apparently make any other areas of the list, though. But still a solid game. Again, that's the thing with, at least with me, with early access. I don't play a lot of early access games because I don't want to play an unfinished game. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not, and I'm not the person who would play an early access game and then go to the developer and say, oh, I think you should do this, this, and this. Even as interested as I am in game design, I'm not going to spend my time doing that. Like, yeah. yeah that, that's that's their job, not mine. I, I feel the same. Like, I'll play a little bit, but not much. I, I'd rather wait for 1.0 and just get the full experience. Yeah. So what I will say, though, is that we were both humming and hawing between Cerberus and Caesar, and we yeah. both picked Caesar as our top dog. That says a lot. It says a lot. I'm willing to concede to Caesar. He looks like a real good boy. Yeah. He came. He saw. He is the top dog. Caesar. Caesar from Order is the best dog. Yeah. Surprisingly, not as contentious as it could have been. Yeah. That's the thing, though. If I went Cerberus, though, then we might have had a contentious category. But we both... We both fell in line. (laughs) All right. So the next category is not necessarily an award, but kind of an exercise that I want to perform 
which was, what are our New Year's resolution games? What are the games that we've been meaning to play for a really long time, but just haven't gone around to for no particular good reason? <laughs> and for me, I've got two. Uh, the first being Pyre. Like, I love Super Giants games, even if I'm a little bit colder on Hades, just for a couple things. Just because of the game it is, not the design of it. Uh, and I just haven't played Pyre yet. That's the only Super Giant game I haven't played. And I I really love games that just go all in on just, like, characters and their development. And that's kind of what my perception of Pyre is. It's, you know, go, you going on this journey with these characters learning about them, meeting them, saying goodbye to them in some cases, and just going on a journey with these characters. And also basketball. The game is basketball. Yeah. Uh, when, when I So I have played a bit of it, and I, I didn't finish it. I got about halfway, maybe? I don't know. I, I entered the second stage of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically... Yeah, I was really surprised because when you said, "Oh, it's like bas- it's 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 basketball," I was expecting, okay, but it's like it's just going to be basketball inspired or something. But no, <laughs> no, it's straight up basketball with like a like a couple tweaks. I, I knew it was like a sports type. Yeah, I did not know it was just basketball. <laughs> it's pretty much basketball. Yeah. Uh, it's really funny that that was the game they made. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, it's. It's one of maybe the best basketball game I've played, like basketball video game, because it's a really good basketball game. Does it have a multiplayer mode? Ooh, I think it actually might. We'll have to to look into that. Yeah, but Pyre, I'm pretty sure I own it at least two separate ways. I Um, might own it three ways. It's in the racial justice bundle. I have it that way, and I I straight bought it. Yeah, I had bought it before that bundle. Yeah. I but I haven't it, booted it yet. I bought it, it and the soundtrack on release day and haven't played it yet. What? Cause, cause, dude, like, I love Transistor so much. That I was just like, I'm on board with whatever these people do. So I just went for it and hadn't played it yet. And it took me a similarly long time to uh, play through Bastion. And one of the things was just like, I had a really tough time starting to play new games. I tend to just go to games I've already played or more comfortable, exper- repeatable experiences than start something that has a start and end. Uh, especially because my, my previous living situation, I would get interrupted all the time. And I just like didn't want that to happen with something that I cared about yeah. so much. Especially, it's kind of annoying with shorter games, too, if you get interrupted all the time. Yeah, it's just like, come on, this game's only four hours. I just want to set up time and just do it for these four hours. But Yeah. My other New Year's resolution game is VA-11 Hall-A. Ooh, oh, yes. that uh, that's, that's a resolution game for me as well. I, I have it on Switch. I played the first day, and then I didn't go back to it. I, I, that, I need to play that. Yeah. For, for Again, similar things I said about Pyre that I love character-driven games. Like not, not even like story-driven or plot-driven games, but character-driven. And that game is Cyberpunk Bartending Action. And what does a bartender do but sit ten bar and listen to people's stories? So that maybe maybe, maybe next year that could potentially be coolest art award. It's got some from the little I've seen. It's got some cool art. The art looks super cool. Also, that have you seen the dog? I've not seen. the I dog. I didn't know that game had a dog. Of course, that's a dog. It's an indie game. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, that game, like the concept sounds so cool. The soundtrack from what I've heard of it is also really, really good. Like that game just, I feel like it, when I play it, I'm going to say it just like oozes personality. Obviously, I haven't played it yet and haven't actually seen much of it yet. It oozes so much personality, you can smell it. Yeah. Without even having played the game. So those those are my... That is an amazing dog. Wow, I love it. It's like... He's got like shades and a Hawaiian shirt. Looks like something got a hotline my ass. Yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are the two games that I'm... Staying here now to give myself some accountability to check out in this, the year 2022. Yeah. Uh, for me, a couple games, I'm definitely, good. I if I don't play them, something's gone horribly wrong. Uh, is It Takes Two. I really want to play that, especially since it's a co-op game. So I'll probably be able to play it with my girlfriends and that'll be hopefully fun. Uh, <laughs> if, if. The divorce aspect somehow uh, goes sideways. Uh, that'll that'll be weird. <laughs> um, uh, but it looks like it looks it looks interesting. Apparently, it's really good. Made a lot of other people's lists. So, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll one game of the on. year at the Game Awards. Yeah, that yeah. one game of the year. So, um, and Mr. Crazy Man went up to accept his award. Yeah, Justin yeah. Ferris. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll, I'll I'll try it. Out. I'll try it. Out. Uh, and then the other game I really want to play this year is The Outer Wilds. Because mm-hmm. that game released a while ago now, 2019, but people keep talking about how good that game is, like, online. And so I'm like, okay. I, I just... Seeing an indie game get buzz for multiple years is usually a sign that it's good. <laughs> I slept on Transistor for way too long. <laughs> And the reason I slept on Transistor for so long was because I owned Bastion and hadn't played it yet. And I was like, oh, well, I should play Bastion first. That was my reasoning why it took me so long to play Hades, was because I wanted to play Bastion first. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie, I am kind of glad I did that, because I really enjoyed Bastion when I played it. And then I played Transistor, and Transistor blew me away. It is better in every way. (laughs) Nothing bad about Bastion. Bastion's still good, but how's the soundtrack for Bastion? Uh, it's good. Yeah, yeah I, it's it's a, it's got a lot of similar vibes to the Hades with a lot of you know twangy acoustic guitar. Okay. Yeah, it's more similar to Hades than Transistor. Um, although honestly, I I feel like this is the thing. Bastion was a great game, and Supergiant across the board has basically just gotten better at everything. Like, so, so what you're saying is Bastion is Atlas carrying the world on its back. <laughs> yeah. And the like, world being the <laughs> like transistor. The, yeah, like the music in Bastion's good, uh, but I like Hades better. I like Transistor better in music. I like both of those games better in the art. I like both of those games better in the characterization and writing. Like, I like Bastion, but I'm glad I played it for uh, I played it first. Because I feel like they just got better. And I I, I wouldn't want to go and experience... Ba- like, if I played Bastion after playing Transistor, I just would have been looking... I, I would have been comparing it unfavorably instead of enjoying it for what it is. So I'm glad I played Bastion first. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Uh, I think I'll throw out 
One more game I might want to play, but might not, is Deathloop. Mostly just because I could be interested in that game. It's kind of a time loop shooter. And like it, that sounds cool. It looks interesting. But it's also an $80 game right now. And I'm not interested enough in it. Despite yeah. the hype. It is a little too steep of a price tag yeah. for that stupid Canadian dollar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, it, 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 and it's... It seems like a roguelike without being classified as a roguelike. It seems like, yeah, it, yeah, that's the other thing. It seems like a roguelike shooter, and I've already got a bunch of other roguelike shooters. Do we have to bust out the Berlin interpretation? No, but uh, not, not, not today. <laughs> but my point is that it seems like it's similar enough to other games that I already have, that I already have that I haven't played yet even in some cases. Uh, that I'm not really... Sh- it's absolutely not worth $80 for me to in- experience that game right now. Mm-hmm. But I, if it comes down in price or something, maybe I'll play it next year, this year, 2022. Because yeah. that's... It's... I don't know. Like, it, a lot of outlets named it their game of the year. So, clearly, people... Either either people like it, or it has a very large marketing budget. I'm just not sure which. <laughs> the best uh, equation as a gamer is time... Plus Steam sales, yeah. <laughs> like if, if people keep if people keep saying Deathloop is incredible a year from now or two years from now, then maybe I'll try it. All right. Uh, well, for me, uh, Bastion Empire. <laughs> there um, we go. I, I, I've started Bastion a couple times. I play it for like an hour or two, and then I just put it down. It's like okay, I'm gonna take a break, and then I just never go back to it for some reason. I need to just sit down and play it. Um, yeah, it, I, pl- it I played through Bastion in one sitting. Yeah, I think I played I through Bastion. I recorded it, it was six hours long. I think I oh, played God. through Bastion in like two sittings. It's not a long game. But uh, j- just to speak to the quality of Supergiant games, like in my Steam library, I've got things organized, but like, it got action-adventure, shooter, puzzle game, party game. But then I have a, a separate section just for Supergiant. <laughs> they get their own section because yeah. of the quality of those games. They, they get the featuring credit. <laughs> um, I also... I mean, I'm not going to hold myself accountable to these, but okay. <laughs> um, I need to... A couple series I need to resume. Uh, Ace Attorney. I was, <laughs> I was hoping. I was hoping that Alex would also pick that. Because I need somebody to talk to about these games. Uh, I've only played the first three. I, I need to uh, play Apollo Justice and uh, five and six. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I've played the first uh, two and a half. Yeah. Um, those first three games, though, are fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, another series I need to resume, Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Um, I Now, next up on my list is three. I've already played three, though. But considering I started at zero, then played one and two after having played three, I kind of want to just replay three and then just go on through the rest. But th- there's a lot to go through there. Three, yeah. four, five, six, like a dragon. And then I all there's also two judgment games now, too. Yeah. <laughs> that is uh, that maybe I can at least play two of them this year. <laughs> That's uh. 
that's a good number, I think. Um, you didn't mention the Yakuza zombie game, though. <laughs> uh, I'd have to dust off my PS3 for that, though. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, Yakuza's like a dragon. Like, I was so excited when I got Game Pass, like the three-month trial. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to totally play through Yakuza 7. I still haven't started it yet. And in part because I kind of wanted to play Dragon Quest XI first, so I get the Dragon Quest references. <laughs> and that game is also a million years long. And then so Monster Rancher came out. And then Monster Rancher came yeah. out and put 120 hours into it. Uh, and so it's just like, I don't think I have the time before my trial runs out. And fuck if I'm paying for a, a second subscription service over just Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I, I think since we all subscribed around the same time, for that three months for a dollar, I think like early February, it yeah. expires for all of us. Like fuck, man, <laughs> that's so, not happening for me. Uh, now it, it is very much worth it as a service if you play enough games on it. Yeah, um, yeah, they've got a lot of games worth playing on Game Pass. Actually, I was surprised because I didn't expect myself to think that it was going to be worth the fifteen dollars a month. But I think it legitimately is worth that if you play enough games on it. Yeah, because it it has a surprisingly. Uh, wide library already mm-hmm. and uh well apparently i think sony is now uh planning their own equivalent of it i think yeah because uh, like they were give, they were like sort of doing it with playstation plus and the free game stuff for a while uh but now they're they're pivoting to, they're pivoting to like three different like tiers of online service and i don't know what's going on yeah <laughs> I think I saw yesterday something about a potential leak of a Nintendo variant, but I don't know how much water that one holds. I mean, they already got. I mean, they they already got the old games with the uh, Switch Online stuff, which kind of counts as Game Pass. Yeah, it's just that you know those those are old games, retro Game Pass that aren't even in some cases like uh, Ocarina of Time aren't even emulated well. Yeah, I heard the N64 one was rough, but I mean, we can say from experience, N64 emulation, still rough. Yeah. (laughs) Still. Not that we know. We we only play on legitimate consoles. Legitimate hardware only. No, we we, we occasionally use emulators with uh, legitimate backups. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Because that's what they're used for. Sure. Le- legitimate Nintendo hardware with homebrew installed. <laughs> it is it is legal to solder your N64 yourself with chips that you made yourself. Yes. It's an art project. <laughs> by Banksy. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm adding LEDs to my N64, guys. It needs RGB. Everything needs RGB. Yes. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's, a, that's oh. been Razor's motto for years. Okay. Honestly, though, honestly, transparent N64 with RGB. Mm. Bring back transparent consoles. I want a transparent PS5. I, I, Sony, I'm not buying a PS5 until you make a transparent version of it. I saw a picture. I saw a picture of a, a, a transparent lime green Xbox. Oh yeah, I've seen those. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. That's awesome because that's an amazing color. Have like you seen the original, um, what they showed off as the original Xbox when they first revealed it? 
No, oh, I don't it think looked so. like an X, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a big I silver X. Oh yeah, <laughs> I have seen that. Oh man, yeah, that was bad. That like points for points for the design team of that prototype. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's a terrible design for a, <laughs> a PC. Essentially, that, that thing that looks like you would use it as the base of a coffee table and then just get like a piece of glass yeah. that you just rest on top of it. <laughs> that would be kind of an incredible setup though. Yeah. All right. I, I see we're stalling on moving on to our last category here. Our second to last category. Our second to last. Because we've got worst game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We also have worst game. Now, I've got two here that I kind of want to nominate. Uh, the first one being Vesteria Saga 1 War of the Scions. <laughs> Honestly, gameplay-wise, probably not that bad of a game. But considering when it was released, how long it was in development for, and the names behind it, again, like we said on that one episode, I've seen visual novels made with visual novel engine software that look better than this. I've seen RPG maker games that look better than this. This game yeah. is so unbearably unpolished that... I just don't want to play it. I, even if, even if the gameplay seems good. Like I I cannot believe what that game looks like. I I have made games in, that look better than that. Yeah. Like I'm not joking. In high school, uh, you know, we had a we had I mean we had stolen assets to be fair. <laughs> but they still but animation wise, we still were able to make better sprite animations than this game has. Yeah. Like that game is an that game is an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Like I at first you said Vesteria Saga and I was like, oh man, another game I haven't played. And then I remembered. I'm like, oh no. Oh no, that was trash. Yeah. Was this the game that was made by the original creator of the Fire Emblem series? Correct. Okay. And I mean, it looks and it looks and animates worse than the Super Nintendo Fire Emblem games. Ooh. It's that bad. Uh, and my other nomination is Sonic Mania. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sonic game. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to say any more than that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, uh, this, this, this might be Visteria Saga, uh, or it might be some random RPG maker thing. I don't even know because it's just from like an RPG site, fan site, and I, I can't tell the difference. I feel like that character portrait does not go with the rest of the art style of the game. It doesn't. Uh, that, yep, that's Mysterious Saga. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that picture doesn't do the animations justice either uh, in terms of how bad they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also the menu systems in Vistaria Saga are a crime for a menu-based game, considering how many Fire Emblem games there have been. Again, even ones that this person that created fucking Fire Emblem has worked on before had better menus than this game. I don't understand how this game came together the way it did. What was the last Fire Emblem game they worked on? Uh, uh, Fire Emblem 5, the last SNES one. All right, uh, all right, 3CS right, right. 776. All right, because I've only played Awakening. All right, Matt, here's RPG Maker. What's the difference? The difference is that RPG Maker looks better. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that trademark work looks better. Like, fucking pre-built assets that you get in a game creation engine. 
that I, I'm, I'm talking like the fucking RPG maker they made for the PlayStation. That's the only one I've used. Better assets. Yeah. Than this game that was released in, I think, 2018. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the, uh, that, that bundle, the racial justice bundle thing, because that came with a whole bunch of random stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Some of which was like free assets. Some of which was project management software. Yeah, that one was weird. <laughs> um, but the free assets in that pack are better than Vesteria Saga. Yeah. Like, that game, I don't understand. I, I don't know how anyone could look at that and think this is good. The NES games look better. Yeah. Like, how? Anyway, um, for my worst game, uh, this is tough. It's yeah, really you don't tough. really play bad games, is I, the thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was looking at my list of games I played, and I'm like, I mean, there are some games that are, like, okay that I've played. They're not, they're not terrible, but I don't hate them. Uh, which is why my worst game is Halo Infinite. <laughs> uh, specifically the multiplayer. The campaign's uh, fine. Although... It's fine. Yeah. That, that, it, yeah. That's, it's fine. It's nothing particularly special. It, it's not offensive. It's fine. It tries to very quickly right the wrongs of the last game. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but just, the multiplayer, though fun has so many various problems that we have talked about before uh, and we may even talk about again in the future uh, because that game just bugs the shit out of me. And I think what pisses me off the most about Halo Infinite's multiplayer is that it could have been a lot better. Like, it it could be so much more and it isn't. And I don't know. It's I think that's what... Like, sure, I could play some bad game off off steam that's that's low quality and just move on and be like wow that was like a trash game but I, it it hurts a lot more when you're like man this game like this game just could have been excellent and it isn't and it's buggy and it crashes and the texture pop-in looks like it's from 2001 and and, 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 right? And the monetization's awful, and the servers don't work, and the matchmaking's broken, and I get filled with games where I'm the single person on my team, and the playlists don't make sense. Like, like there's so many things with that game that just don't work uh, that it, it it's really sad. It's just sad to see a game like that where I think most of it could have been fixed if they just delayed it. But instead of delaying it, Instead of delaying, they couldn't delay it any longer. That's it, not how business works. Unfortunately, I, I, I want to see the version that would have released a year earlier, like it was supposed to. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh it would have been rough. Um, it was supposed to be a launch title with the new Xbox, but Microsoft let them push push it back a year, and it needed it. It still needed more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just just please do not fix. Players not being in the right spot during the team introduction. Oh, yeah. That's really funny. Uh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Never fix that. That's funny. And don't fix the tiny warthog bug either. That's hilarious. They, uh, I think they did. Why would they do that? You know what's really frustrating is that when I was working at EA, we had a severity scale for the bugs that we encountered. And, like, kind of a little bit of glitchy stuff in menus. That's like a C-tier bug. 
Uh, uh, your game, your online game desyncing, that's a V-tier bug. Hard crash, safe corruption, that's an A-tier bug. You want to know what else is an A-tier bug? T-posing. <laughs> because people, like, point out T-posing so much, and they were just, like, so embarrassed whenever that shit gets popular and people post and images look at this new game I just bought guys and it's just a bunch of fucking people T-posing that that is suddenly like top fucking severity despite the fact that in a lot of cases it doesn't really matter that much yeah, also it, it doesn't like, actually impact your gameplay in a lot of cases if your game in a fucking cinematic if your game has T-posing bugs and your game gets to the front page of Reddit because of all the T-posing bugs that's that, like, that's probably good for your marketing, honestly. If anything. Any marketing is good marketing. Like, like yeah. it's not always true, but it's mostly true. It's mostly true. Look, if yeah. I saw an enemy Spartan grapple at me while T-posing and then just kill me, I <laughs> I would either be scared or laughing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, actually, that I, would not make that would want to make me play the game more, not less. <laughs> okay. So I think Halo Infinite actually did have a bunch of T posing bugs, but they were smart. They changed the default pose away yeah. from a T pose, <laughs> and uh, they changed the pose to basically the Master Chief's uh, battle rifle animation from the box art of like the first Halo. You know, where he's just sort of like one leg in front of the other, holding the battle rifle ahead. Like, just looking straight ahead. Yeah. Uh, because uh, when the game first released, there were a bunch of videos of, like, a big team battle where every player, both enemy and ally, is just in that stupid, like, straight ahead frozen yeah. battle rifle animation, but, like, just moving forward, <laughs> levitating and stuff like that. So it actually had a bunch of T-pose issues, but they just t- changed the T-pose. Uh, and I think that's hilarious. When's that pose going to be available in the shop, though? Oh, man, yeah. Oof. <laughs> It isn't already. <laughs> no, r- rotating shop. I-, I hate rotating shops. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> but remember, th- but remember, they're not doing FOMO. No, no FOMO. No, no FOMO. FOMO. No FOMO. I-, I had enough FOMO from Destiny. <laughs> I'm glad I'm out. Uh, I played mobile games with less FOMO than Halo Infinite. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about Super Auto Pets, which is a mobile game, uh, as well as being on computers. And that game, it doesn't need FOMO. Like, I, I want, I, like, I'm legitimately prepared to, like, I, I'm this close to spending actual money in that game on microtransactions just because I love that game. What, what, what are the micros in Super Auto Pets? Well, there's only one, and it's not a microtransaction, uh, in my opinion. No, no, there are backgrounds that you can buy. Oh, right, you can buy backgrounds. And hats. So yeah, you can buy backgrounds and hats for your pets, of course. Mm. But all of I, you can also or most of those you can earn by just playing the game. Most of them, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but the uh, yeah, and then there's also you can buy you can buy the pet pack, the other pet pack, which yeah, I might do. Whereas in Infinite, there is literally practically nothing you can earn from just playing the game. Yeah. That game is going to get, as it exists now, it's going to get $10 from me at most. And that's once I get to the tier in the Battle Pass where I've gotten all the ODST armor. <laughs> Listen, I bought Game Pass for a dollar. That's all it's getting for me? Uh, yeah, that's all that Halo Infinite's getting from me. I, may, I might buy Game Pass for a month in the future to play that campaign co-op. Maybe. Maybe. And that's only because they didn't release it with co-op campaign because they're idiots and made an open world game, but... 
<laughs> yeah, if I can just drop ten dollars, have the ODST armor, I'll be happy with how my Spartan looks, and I can just play yeah. <laughs> when I feel like it. So, Matt, worst game. This one might get me some hate. Um, I don't think from you guys. Oh, okay. Um, but I know there are people who love this game. That's fine. We hate those people. Super Mario Sunshine. What? Oh, uh, Super Mario. I, I think I've okay. told this to Alex before, but I got Super Mario Sunshine from for Christmas and returned it. Okay, first of all, you you only just played Super Mario Sunshine last year. It was in the All Stars. It is the three D All Stars pack. I, I I missed out on the GameCube. Okay. I didn't have a GameCube. Okay, so it, it was new to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I did not care for Sunshine at all. Um, Flood is just, it's too divisive. Um, the, the best parts of that game were the platforming segments where Flood gets taken away from you. And they're challenging, but they're fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, even the people who like Super Mario Sunshine, like myself, also agree that those are the best parts of that game. And they are very fun. Which is, of course, why they tried to, like, just make it all, all of that in, in Galaxy Galaxy 2. Um, also, a large percentage of the shines being locked behind the blue coins. Not not fun. Just trying to find all those blue coins to buy the shines. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I did not 100% Super Mario Sunshine. And I think of all of the Mario... Definitely all the 3D Mario platformers. Uh, it's the only one I've played that I haven't 100%ed. Which is... Well, honestly, it's probably my worst game of the year because I 100%ed it. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's, that's yeah. A honestly, game. you shouldn't have. Yeah. That's the thing. I like Super Mario Sunshine, but I kind of, like, let it have its welcome. And then when it got when it got to be, like, the padding, I just stopped playing it. And I'll admit, like, it's pretty different than all of the other Mario games. And so that that's why it, that's why it gets a lot of gets a lot of hate, but I, I kind of like it. But I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I have zero interest in ever playing that game. Like I said, I returned it when I got got given to me for Christmas without playing it, mind you. I didn't play it. I didn't touch it. I just like I'd rather have something else. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I'm. I'm personally kind of leaning towards that Vesteria Saga game because that it's so rough. It's it's I don't even need to play it. Like I just need to look at it and be like, how did this get made? Yeah. I don't and again, understand. I, I haven't even shown you it in motion. It looks really bad in motion. Yeah. That is a complete embarrassment. Like before that game, I considered myself somebody who I consider myself one of those people that, you know, could rise up above, you know, graphics, graphics don't really matter all that much. It's the gameplay that matters. It's the story. I don't care that much about the, you know, the technique, how, how it looks and, and stuff like that. Like a game doesn't have to look incredible for it to be incredible. And I play that game. I'm like, gameplay is fine, but no, I can't deal with it. I think, I think where, where people get mixed up on this is that Art direction matters, but technical fidelity doesn't. Like, I can play a game that is, like, 
visually super impressive and just be bored to tears, right? Like Crisis. I tried to play Crisis. The <laughs> game's not actually good. Um, it it looks like at the time it looked great. It's not actually a good shooter. I'm pretty sure most people had that same opinion though. Yeah. I don't actually think that's a that's a divisive opinion. Right, but but it gets at more of the point yeah, yeah. that I'm making, which is that uh, just because your game is technically impressive in the visual department because of like the engine and the textures and stuff like that, doesn't mean that it's a fun to play game. And conversely, there are games that can be very fun because the art is matching the tone of the game somehow and and adding to it in a way even if it's not technically challenging like super auto pets has simple basic art but the art works yeah. you know and that's what that game did wrong is that the art just doesn't work with the game yeah. like the, like it's not a matter of the art being uh technically impressive in terms of the production quality of the art, it's whether the art matches the tone that the game is trying to set and how the game actually plays, I think, or something like, like that. I think the art does match the, the art's tone. The art's just bad, though. It, the, it, it's just bad. It's like, so bad, it's distracting. Yeah, because, like, this game, again, it was made by the creator of the original Fire Emblem games. It does harken back to those in its mechanics a fair amount. And so I think that maybe they had the misguided notion that a lot of people do have that going with art that looks like it was made a long time ago can add to it. I'm so sick of pixel art games that do nothing with pixel art. Like, we've gotten to the point where we can have really sick lighting effects with pixel art that look incredible, or particle effects or something like that. But holding yourself to that old aesthetic just because it's old... Like that's yeah. that's that's starting to wear on me super hard. Yeah. You like, to... like Shovel Knight came out. Uh, I was just yeah. gonna mention Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight came out, and as far as I'm concerned, anything released after that is like I don't care. Like <laughs> like Shovel Shovel Knight stuck to their guns and did did their thing. They were extremely from everything I know about Shovel Knight, they were extremely faithful to the technical limitations of the NES. So like that's it. They they did it. And everybody after that, like, fucking... Yeah, and even... Do something better. And even Shovel Knight, even the developers of Shovel Knight uh, were willing to admit that they bent those rules. Like, mm, they okay. could not actually... They did not actually stick to the technical limitations of the mess. Oh, okay. They got really close, and uh, they discarded a few specific limitations uh, that were simply making the art... Uh, that were simply holding back like the aesthetic that they were going for. Okay, wow. Yeah, so e even the people that were trying as hard as they could still were like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even even yeah, even the like best example of like a good game with a strong art direction that used the hardest possible line of using that those technical limitations for creativity technically didn't even meet the mark and threw away a few. Yeah. I can't remember exactly which ones. Uh, I think they might have expanded the color palette a little bit. I, I think so. Possibly. I think that was one of the things they did. Yeah. Uh, because Maybe. people forget just they, how limiting the original NES oh yeah. Color Palette was. Play, play some old Mega Man games and check out that sprite flicker. Yeah. And and also sprite limitations where you could like walk an enemy off screen and on screen and they'd disappear. Yeah. Uh, there like, was also like in terms of how much stuff could have been stored 
in the like uh quote unquote VRAM uh, of, of a NES. Uh, they were using too many sprites and too complex of sprites to actually port like Shovel Knight to a NES. I'm gonna I I I think I think they, the reason the sprites are more complex for Shovel Knight is so it maintains that look of like the SNES. But the NES. The NES. Yeah, the NES. Because yeah, those games did look a lot better on old TVs. Yeah, that it, it those really help with the look of the game. Yeah, there's yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of stuff about that online. But yes, pixel art looks generally that old style of pixel art generally looks better on the medium it was designed for, effectively. Uh, yeah. But uh, even even apart from that, like they. They cut the smallest corners they could because they knew what they were working with and they knew that they needed to actually make something that is good today. So, Serious Saga did not do that. They no. had access to whatever they wanted and they produced something that looks worse than games I've made for did, like school projects. Did you say months. it was a fairly big budget game? No, no. it wasn't a big okay. budget game. But, but it had a lot of time. It, it, it was in development for a bit. For for. A fairly long amount of time. It had a big name behind it. Uh, I, I mean, at least I thought so. And they had the balls to call this Viseria Saga One. <laughs> like, this is this is the platform that you're gonna like set for yourself to like go on in the future. Like, I fucking you your next game better look better than this. Yeah. Um, when when you when you could improve the game by just randomly taking a free art pack and making it look not just better but more visually cohesive, you have a big problem. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I think that 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 has to be the worst game that we played this year. Yeah. Because like Super Mario Sunshine. There's parts of Super Mario Sunshine that are good. Halo Infinite. There's parts of Halo Infinite that are good. Yeah, despite my misgivings, I've put a surprising number of hours into Halo Infinite. But this game, I, I love turn-based strategy games. I love the Fire Emblem games. I love the older Fire Emblem games. I still just couldn't. Yeah. Alright. Mysteria Saga 1. War of the Scions. Worst game. <laughs> and now... The Big Daddy, the GUI, the game of our year, what's the best game? I have no idea how we're going to come to a conclusion on this one. I don't either. Um, That's going to be part of the fun. Yeah. So, I am personally going to disqualify Monster Rancher 1 plus 2 (laughs) DX for for myself for this, as it is a re-release. Of a game you played the first time. Yes. Uh, because, like, the nostalgia still puts Monster Rancher 2 ahead of my actual game of the year, though my actual game of the year, like, when we did our top 15 games, like, this might squeak in at close to the bottom. I love this game, and it is AI, The Somnium Files. Really? Man, you just keep talking about this game. It's on Game Pass. There we oh, go. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should try. I, I don't think I have enough time left on my subscription to play it. 
Uh, if it grips you, you'd be fine. Yeah. But, but there's probably other stuff you want to get to, right? Yeah. Yeah. There we. There you go. I just bought SMT five today. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I fuck that man. I bought SMT four and haven't played that yet. I I got to a point in SMT four where like I stopped paying attention for a second and then You're I <laughs> no, I kept playing. I tried, but. I stopped paying attention long enough to not catch where I was supposed to go. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. AI the Somnium Files by the same director as the Zero Escape series. Absolutely incredible writing. I you know I've talked about this game for like a twenty minutes or so on a previous podcast. Uh, but it completely gripped me from start to finish. It's got a, such an amazing uh, storytelling style to it, amazing visuals in a lot of different cases, pop culture references, and fun wordplay all over the place. Uh, the plot gets so incredibly bananas that I really want to do like a spoiler cast for it at some point, but I'm not going to do it here. And yeah, it's it's an experience that was the best game I played last year. And the sequel should be coming out this year. So that'll be fun. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, you might be able to predict my best game of, uh, of the year, uh, which is Hades. Mm-hmm. I love Hades. I love that game so much. The game is perfectly polished. I have not had a single thing in that game that have been like, oh, why is it like this? It should be something else. Everything in the game much like a lot of other Supergiant releases, is exactly as it should be. And that's rare these days. You know, like we we're talking about these other games even on this very episode where games just aren't polished anymore. And it's dis- it's disappointing. And it's nice to see, you know, a developer, an indie developer, granted, uh, still just like putting it on, putting the polish on, making a game release uh, essentially in perfect in perfect condition and with such strong everything right like the music the visuals like the writing like everything about that game I love and I like roguelikes so uh, I actually like the game (laughs) (laughs) and it came out on early access initially and even from I, I didn't play it on early access but from what I've seen and heard even that was very polished Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's just so good. I Really, I should play more of it. But I, I feel I feel the same way. I've got to play more. I, I hit the credits um, probably a couple days before 2021. Mm-hmm. So it, it couldn't be on any of my, uh, any of my nominations, but fantastic game. Listen, the Hugo Awards were willing to give it a 2021 (laughs) award because this game is so good, it just breaks the barrier of both genre and year for awards. Did it technically... It it did... Sorry, sorry, it breaks the barrier of media. It did technically come out on stuff in 2021. That is true. Actually, on certain platforms. Xbox and PlayStation, I believe. Yeah, quite a lot of 2020 games are actually... uh, incidentally 2021 releases because of the PS5. I've debated picking it up on my Switch as well. Like I have it on Steam mm. because it does have cross-save. Yeah. 
But I never take my Switch out of the dock anymore anyways because of Joy-Con drift. I just use it docked. Well, you don't use it on kickstand mode? No. I've done that more than I've, like, that I thought I would. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original kickstand garbage. OLED kickstand? Fast improvement. But I'm not dishing out money for an OLED. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Hades. I, I feel obligated to go back to it, and I just have to get good so I can beat those stupid Theseus of the Minotaur. <laughs> that, Elysium is... It is the wall. I, I didn't even think that the rest of that zone was a problem. It's just the boss I can't yeah, fucking deal with right now. They're yeah, tough. It's a and, tough boss. I, I've been finding myself kind of optimizing my build around just getting past that that boss. Yeah, and, having, and having to play... Again, I, I just have an aversion to roguelikes and having to play the rest of that part just to get up to that boss to even try it again. To even discover, like, okay... What are its attack patterns and stuff? Like, it's not like Dark Souls where I can spawn the bonfire, walk, like, walk for, like, you know, a minute and I'm at the boss that I can try again. It's, it's a lot more time investment until I can get to that point. And I just. And you have to have a build that's, like, gonna be capable of doing it too. Or you, or I just need to get good, like or, I said. Or you get like, good. Yep. I'm curious, what are your guys' uh, favorite weapon types that you tried in it? Uh, so, pro- the bow or the lance for me. Same. Yeah. Yeah. The bow I, and spear are really good. Brain brain attacks, baby. Yeah. The bow and the lance. The bow and the lance are both really, really good, really fun. Um, I also actually really like the gun. Uh, the gun. I is, haven't used the gun very much. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the gun. Personally. Okay. The gun. I listen. I was sold on the gun, uh, mainly because of some of the modifications you can get to it uh, with the uh, Daedalus? Daedalus? I don't know. But the thing that changes some of uh, the way some of the weapons uh, function, uh, attacks function. Yeah, the, we'll, we'll use the Titus, Titan Blood for yeah. It, yeah. Um, oh, no, I mean like like as boons, like the hammer boons that change during the run. Hammer boons. The uh, Daedalus hammer that uh, gives you a modifier on your weapon. Oh, right, that thing. Like, yeah. I, I love the spear one where when you throw it, it bounces between enemies. Yeah, yeah, the spear has some good good ones, uh, but the machine, uh, the, the gun, the base gun, I agree, it's kind of like whatever. But uh, if you get some modifications to the gun, it can get so good. Like, there's a modification I really like to the gun that just makes it shoot three uh, grenades, and you can aim the grenades independently because they fire sequentially and I had a run where I uh, went all the way to uh, Thesis and the Minotaur with the gun and I almost defeated them mm-hmm. with, the, with, with it and, uh, and it was before I had even defeated them uh, once yet uh, just because that because uh, I, I stacked a bunch of special attack boons on as well and it this, the special attack boons are balanced, assuming that you only get one special attack at a time, not three. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then it's also got some pretty cool boons for the regular, like, auto-fire uh, as well. So, uh, the gun is... I really like the gun, but it's... You you really gotta get lucky. Yeah, I just... I don't know if I like it or not, because I just haven't used it that much. You know what does suck, though? I fucking hate the sword. The starting sword. 
I can't. I, I can't I like fight with that thing. I like the sword. The starting sword. It's no bow or spear for me, but I I hated the starting sword at first. Although interestingly, after I had gotten better with a lot of the other weapons and went back to the sword, I found myself liking it more. The problem with the sword is that you just have to be really good at using it and staying continuously in in combat. Because, you know, when you hit enemies, they are stunned for a little bit. Yeah. And the sword does have a very high attack rate. Yeah, like, I didn't have a problem with the fists, but I just couldn't do the sword for some reason. Yeah, it's funny because I find I'm terrible with the fists and much better with the sword. There we go. <laughs> so, I think it really just comes down to, like, your play style. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Hades. Hades. It's a, it's a very popular choice, but a good one. Yeah. All right. So, my game of the year, I started this, this was the first game I started in 2021, and the bar was set so high, nothing else reached it that year. And Alex actually mentioned it a little earlier, Outer Wilds. Hmm. Ah, okay. 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 That game is phenomenal. Um... I probably have to say it's one of my, one of the, one of if not, yeah, it's one of the best experiences I've ever had playing a game. Yeah, from what I understand, you're not going to be able to say uh, too much more about it because it is a very, like, narrative, narrative heavy game. Yeah. Um, I am, I've not yet played the DLC. And I am really looking forward to hopping back in and playing that to get, hopefully get that experience all over again. So I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know how much I should say about it because it's know, in space. Alex, Alex wants to play it. It's in yeah. space. I want to play it. <laughs> uh, there's another game, The Outer Worlds, which I'm pretty sure is nowhere near as good. And uh, I did play a- that in 2021. It is, um, it's created by the people who made Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. It's uh, Obsidian. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a solid game, but it's n- it's nothing special. Like I've played my fair share of Fallout and Elder Scrolls games, and I don't like those games. Um, nope. <laughs> I enjoyed them enough. I, I I think most of my enjoyment came from back on the 360 when I was big on hunting achievements. Mm. Um. Trying to replay those games on PC now, just for fun, I just don't find them grabbing me as much. I like open world, but I don't know, it has to be the right open world to just grab me. I had more fun watching you play Fallout 3 than I did playing it myself. <laughs> Understandable. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds, not out, not to be confused with Outer Worlds. Yeah, so Outer clear, Wilds, Outer Wilds, good game, worth playing. Outer Worlds, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, both of them, I actually have DLC. I need to go back and play. But there you um, go. yeah. Um, what do you know about I know, Outer Worlds? I know. I know that it is in space and that you visit planets. And that there is a spaceship, but that the game is not entirely in the spaceship. The thing I know about the Outer Wilds is something that I don't want to save because of Alex. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, I, 
I also, I, I am mildly spoiled in that I know it has a twist. I don't know what the twist is, and I'm glad I don't know. <laughs> okay, I know the twist. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just don't want to say anymore because it is, it's just a fantastic experience, and I was just, I was glued to that game when I started playing it. Um, I just, I couldn't put it down. I just kept exploring um, and just trying to uncover all the bits of the story the game's trying to tell you. It just, it's phenomenal. And the the bar, nothing came close to the bar that it set for me in 2021. Yeah, that, you know, that just puts my placing it on my uh, want to play this year even so much more higher. What on earth did I just say? That sentence was an abomination. It's probably grammatically correct, though. I, 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 told, I feel like an AI just came in and wrote that sentence for me. I, I told Matsumus about this game uh, when he was in town, um, and I'm glad that a couple days later I saw it added to his Steam wish list. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that that is... Probably one of my all-time favorite games. Um, I, I don't really... It's hard for me to... Uh, say, like... Give, like, a numerical ordering for my favorite games. Because it also... For me, it's very mood-dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely in there of my... Yeah, for my all-time favorite games. And it's not games. too long, is it? Um, I could check how much time I have in it on Steam... Because basically, it's because basically it's a it's a single player narrative driven experience, and I don't think it's ter- it's not super short, but I don't think it's terribly long either. So, I have twenty four hours in it. Yeah. That's a fair amount. That's fair. And I still have the DLC to play, which I've heard is also um, decently sized. Cool. All right. Well, I think that I think that wraps up. We just have to pick a winner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. I don't know how we're going to pick a winner. I think it has to be between your guys' games. Because I love AI the Somnium Files, but the things I love about it are, like, if I have to try and separate objectively, objectively how good the game is versus how much I like the game... And the game probably has some faults, but I just like don't, didn't really care about them because the rest of the game was just so fantastic to me. Uh, and like hearing you know Matt say that it's one of the favorite, the best games ever, he's ever played. That's not the f- only person that I've heard that take from whose yeah. opinion I respect. Yeah, like I have like when I say that I been continually hearing people talk about how good the Outer Wilds is. I mean it. Like, I have heard a lot of people, and we're talking to like, just random people in discords or or on forums or whatever. Or, or, Twitter. Like, everywhere. I have literally not heard a single person say anything bad about the Outer Wilds. Not one. Yeah. Like, that is rare. Even Hades. Like, like we, I, have, we, we got someone right here that doesn't like Hades. Well, okay, I... Or rather, there are things I don't like about Hades. Yeah. Mainly, I 
I can't handle roguelikes. I just don't like them. Yeah. But, but yeah, The Outer Wilds, I mean, I haven't played it yet, but yeah, that's a high bar for, for you to be saying that it's like one of the best games you've ever played. Uh, I, I'm glad I went into it with exceedingly little knowledge about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I, just enhanced the experience yeah. that much more. And and then, like, we've got Hades, which, my misgivings aside, like, it's a fucking super giant game. <laughs> like, everything's so polished and fantastic. And... Yeah. That's worth rewarding. Yeah, and, like, I think something that we didn't even talk about, we've talked about Hades, like, a few times, and I think I've never even mentioned this, is just how smooth the controls are in Hades. Everything is just buttery smooth and, like, super responsive. Uh, And, you know, you kind of forget to even mention it because it's so good that it fades completely into the background. Yeah, it's like it's assumed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and that's that's actually, you know, that that is an achievement as well. And that is very important. There are games I have played which are by in most other ways good except something about the controls just feels off to me and i it's hard to get into the game for that reason but the controls in hades are are really just they nailed it Mm -hmm. like we're just we keep thinking of things to add on to how how good the execution is in that game so it is a tough choice yeah, but Hades is a roguelike, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I, making Maximus so mad right now. <laughs> I, I will say this: um, it does take it. It takes a lot for a roguelike to really grab me. Um, but Hades does. Like, I, I haven't played. I haven't played uh, much since I hit credits. But I constantly, in the back of my head, I just have that: you should go play Hades. You should go play more Hades. <laughs> go play more Hades. And it's just... I need to just sit down and do do some more with it. Um, yeah, it, it is a fantastic game. We're just going to keep pumping up these two games. Yeah. <laughs> Hades I, and the Outer hey, Wilds, guys. If we have to take it to a vote, we have an odd number of people. Wild Hades. <laughs> yeah, we do have an odd number of people. It's true. So, are we, are we are we doing it? Are we going to a vote? Or are we just giving it to the Outer Wilds? I mean, if we're going to a vote, Outer, Outer Wilds wins, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're giving it to the Outer Wilds. Alright. Because, that's the thing. <laughs> Matt says... What, Matt? What did you say, Matt? It, it's just... It's one of my all-time favorite games. Yeah. After playing it. It's... It just grabbed me and I could not stop. Yeah. And then I have heard so many good things about this game that I already talked about it before we even got to this segment. Yeah. If there was a game I wish I could forget to experience it all over again, it would be Outer Wilds. Now, the funny thing for me is that the answer to that question would be like 999 Virtue's Last Reward, two games that the director of AI, the Somnium Files, worked on previously. <laughs> and honestly, this game, too, like, stories, man. Yeah, I mean... Stories are pretty good. Yeah. So, <laughs> as a quick little aside, um, there was a category I wanted, but I was the only one who had a game that fit into this category. 
best game you finished in 2021 that you started in a previous year. I wanted to say Persona 5 Royal because if I could have forgotten Persona 5 and just started at Royal, I think it would have been a better game. Because the thing, so. the thing that kept me from just fully... The, the thing that made me battle with Persona 5 Royal for a year and a half trying to finish it was that most of the stuff I was doing was stuff I'd played previously in Persona 5. It And there's... Because there's just like... There's some stuff that's been added here and there. But just redoing the stuff that I'd done before is what kept me from fully enjoying the game and just finishing it in a timely manner. Yeah, that's the, that's the tricky thing with some of that stuff where fucking Atlas keeps putting out like re-releases of their games with extra shit in it and sometimes stuff that changes things a fair amount. So so there's like, a whole different ending in Royal. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it, like, there's I, there's a whole nother month after uh, what was the final boss battle in Persona 5. And once I finally got there, that was... Um, that was fantastic to play through. I, I actually, I held Metroid Dread hostage <laughs> until I finished Royal. <laughs> because I was like in the end game of Royal when Dread released. And I was like, no, I'm not touching Dread until I finish this. <laughs> yeah. Makes me wish those games instead just like try and get them right the first time and then add DLC or something. Yeah. like, do I want to buy and play through Pers- uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 like I mentioned I bought Shin Megami Tensei 4 I'm pretty sure they did an updated re-release of that that has different shit in it uh, it was a whole different story there you go it's a whole different story why is that why is that get the same number why it, it, it was like game? a side add-on game okay. type thing to it um, I, I actually bought Royal twice <laughs> perfect um, I bought it digitally because Amazon canceled my pre-order for the collector's edition, and then they just didn't have it in stock. So I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get the collector's edition or not. So I just pre-ordered it digital, and then release day, oh, there's the collector's edition relisted on Amazon. (laughs) Fantastic. All right, so those are the the games of our year. And uh, thank you for joining us. Let's... uh, Let's count them down again, in case anybody forgot. Uh, so for best character, we had Hades from Hades. <laughs> yep. uh, for most game, we had Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. For best music, Sonic Mania. Uh, for coolest art, we have Wargroove. As the lo-fi award for chill games to relax to, Forza Horizon 5. Uh, best multiplayer, Jackbox Party Pack 8. Uh, best dog is Caesar from Wargroove. The worst game is Vesteria Saga 1 War of the Scions. So bad. <laughs> and our the game of our year, the GUI, goes to the Outer Wilds. First podcast and you fucking slammed it down, Matt. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, thank you. Play Outer Wilds if you haven't. Go in as blind as you can. 
Yeah. So thank you for joining us on this podcast. Uh, if you'd like to interact with us and tell us what some of your favorite games that you played that you think we should get around to, you can email us at angrysunzone at outlook.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at angrysunzone. And of course, watch the other stuff we have on our YouTube channel and our Twitch channel. We started streaming a little bit more regularly. I say a little bit more regularly. We started streaming a few more times recently. <laughs> uh, so, Have you actually gotten any emails yet? <sighs> you, dear listener, could be the first. Like I said... You could be the first to send a, us an email. Like I said in a previous podcast, like pretty much the only people that listen to this thing are people we know and they tell us in person. <laughs> so, yeah, or uh, I, I'd just say something over Discord. Occasionally <laughs> they send us things on Discord. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, for the I, I know other people that aren't people we know listen to this. I have the analytics to back me up. So... Get in touch. We're cool. We're pretty cool people. We're not going to bite. <laughs> if you email us, you could be the lucky winner of one of our forwarded spam emails. <laughs> yeah, if you, I, I got some. I got somebody from India telling me how to improve my SEO right now. That's our podcast, and have fun in the new year. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Finally done. Oh god, now we can finish our bubble tea. I've got one piece of coconut jelly that just does not want to come up the straw.